I am curious if Jesse Tyler Ferguson's podcast is going to be, if they're going to have to stop. Because the whole, I told you I did it. And the whole it, thing is that like we eat through the whole thing. The whole thing. And I was like, well, Jesse, I feel like people are not going to want to listen to this. And he was like, what? He was like, you know, I did think about that. And I was like, because let me tell you something. We get like, I get like hate mail when I eat on our podcast. And he's like, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe I should close that door so no one can see the fucking mess of well, clothing that I hate. I packed for this trip like a person who hasn't dressed themselves in years. <laughs> like a person who has been like on sabbatical wearing just one robe for the last 10 years and then... <laughs> comes out of the sabbatical and is going on va- vacation, a trip to see their friends in Los Angeles and packs. Like I saw this, several people sent it to you, me. I think you maybe sent it to me, like like a TikTok of a girl packing. I maybe even reposted it where she was like, I'm going for five days. I am going to need seven purses and... <laughs> Um, this dress has never fit me, but you know what? This is the moment. It's definitely going to work now. That is exactly like what I did is so unhinged. The clothing <laughs> that I brought makes zero sense. Oh my gosh. It's, it like truly defies logic. Also, Gina's sick. Oh no. What's wrong with Gina? I don't know. We can't figure it. She like, I don't know if she ate something weird or if she had too many treats somehow. I don't know what, or if she got into something, but she's been, she had diarrhea all night. Oh no. And threw up today. I know. And so then I'm going to take her to the doctor, the vet, her old vet here. Yeah. Take her to the vet um, in a couple hours after we finish this. She really is your dog. She's really my dog. Stomach issues, travel issues. Yeah. I don't, there's, this microphone is great, but it'll be good when I'm back. But currently, I'll take a picture of my setup. I'm um, balanced. <laughs> like, like a, my computer is balanced on um, a suitcase. Oh my gosh. That's not that's not ideal. It's not ideal. Um, you know what? If you're just going to hold the microphone stand, you can just hold the microphone if that's more comfortable for you. No, but it's not because this microphone is like just like this little short fatty. <laughs> okay. He's not like a microphone, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. He's like a real, it's probably actually does make it this. Yeah. I don't know, Casey. You can just... Um, yeah, you can you can just whatever. It's I mean I think it's gonna make the same um, same kind of noise no matter what. So it doesn't matter really. Whatever you want, whatever's more comfortable for you. I'm gonna try. I'll try to figure something out. Um, I know you. I know you probably miss your your desk at least. <laughs> I do. Using a suitcase will definitely make you miss a desk. And I was gonna go. I was gonna. I see my guys. My you know my birds. My guys. <laughs> I see him out there. 
Um, I was going to go to Emily's house like I did last yeah. week, but yeah. because it's a holiday, Juneteenth. She's home from work. She's home from work. And also then I was still going to do it, but Gina's not feeling well. And I just felt like I couldn't really leave her. I just felt like I needed right. to just stay close Aww. so that she feels a little bit comforted. Yeah. She looks Gina. real sad. Aww. I know. Oh, I well, know. I hope it's, she's okay. Me too. And also, shoot, because I wanted to open my birthday present on air, uh, as we like to do. Uh, I know. It's just a little something. For those of you who don't know, I was at Emily Beebe's house the other night having Wait, pizza. how would people not know? Or, I mean, how would people know that? I don't know. I'm just—well, I'm explaining because you're mentioning your birthday gift. I was at Emily Beebe's house— for pizza the other night, and I thought I might see Busy there, so I brought her birthday gift, but she wasn't there. Um, so I just left the gift there, but I figured you'd probably get to it at some point because you're close to Emily. I saw it yesterday and then at her house, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait until <laughs> we're doing the podcast here tomorrow, Aww. and I'll open it on the air. But then Gina being sick, I just right. texted BB and was like, I'm not going to come over. Because even though she's home from work, she's like, you can still do the podcast. And it would have been nice because BB could have jumped in. She could have jumped on. I know. I'm always dying to have BB on. Well, we got We should do that, definitely. Um, I had a rough... Yeah, I did not make it. I had a rough... There was a new moon, you know? Yeah. On uh, Saturday? Yeah. It was a weird day. It was very difficult for me. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think Um, if anything weird happened to me on Saturday. What was your day like? Everyone I talked to was like exhausted. I was definitely exhausted, but I just chalked that up to being too social. Well, I had, um, I don't know how much. I had a call from my friend's husband, my friend who is currently pretty sick. Yeah. And it was... Like the worst. It was really a bad, it was bad. It wasn't great. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't even be talking about it if I didn't get a call from him yesterday. Right. In which, like, sort of a wild, hopeful, maybe miracle happened. Okay. Which is crazy. Right. Yeah. Which is just that, like, you know, there are so many tests, like genetic tests and DNA tests now when you're dealing with diseases right. that um, when they, they, you know, they do them all. Right. And they had thought that they had gotten all of the results back. Okay. And there was one that just came back yesterday after having like a really disheartening, like that the treatment's not working and right, and it's not great. And got this thing back yesterday that was like they got a hit on this DNA thing, and so they can do a targeted treatment, which is incredible. I like was researching it yesterday last night, and. Um, because you know, like chemotherapy kills 
the good cells and the bad cells. That's why right. I like because right. it can't differentiate. Right. That's but why now it's so what they're rough on people. Yeah. That, right. And and sometimes it doesn't kill the bad cells. Sometimes it's not. It doesn't work. Right. 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 So this test that came back basically. with the kind of DNA or the sequencing or whatever that they right. were able to like find, they can just target the cancer cells with a different, totally different treatment. It's totally different. And it could be, it could be, it could be fucking amazing. Right. And I'm just like very, very hopeful that it is, you know? Yeah. 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 But I couldn't like, I was just having, um, Saturday, I was just like, I couldn't leave. I just was having a really rough moment. And then my friend, our friends, Simran and Vince came over. Um, it was me and Birdie, Mark yeah. and Cricket came, me and Birdie and Gina, Mark and <sighs> Cricket came, um, late on Saturday, but Sim and Vince just like came over and like brought, you know, they're just, those are. You know, and that's also like hard for me thinking about New York versus here, not versus, it's not a versus situation right. we've established, but just like that I have people that like just show up with wine and tequila and food and, right. you know, just like start doing things and, you know. Yeah. It was really, really nice. Um, and like I felt it was really nice. And it was like perfect amount of people <laughs> to, right, right. I could handle. But I just like couldn't come to a pizza party, you know. It was only a few people as well as at, at, at Emily's, but I totally got it. I just figured that I figured that kids were hanging out with kids and that was your priority. And so, you know, <laughs> but anyway. I just wanted you to get your birthday gift, but you will get it. It's not even your birthday yet, so it's not late. It's no, my birthday's on Sunday. No, I know, but I just I wanted you to. Are have you going to come to Thrilling keep... Adventure Hour this week? I'm gonna try to. Yes, yes, yes. I talked to Ben the other day, and and Ashley Nicole Black's doing it. I didn't realize that. I believe. I didn't know. I hope I know. I'm not spoiling something, but I believe. Ashley Nicole Black will be at this show, Thrilling Adventure Hour. You'll be in it busy. Our friend Paul F. Tompkins will be in it, I'm sure. All of our friends are in this live show in L.A., Thrilling Adventure Hour. You should go. It's super fun if you've never listened. You can also get, um, I think they do a live stream. Yeah. My mom already was like, now busy, is this something I have to buy or can you just send me a link? I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't know. I'll ask. I'll, I'll ask. But there's two shows this weekend, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Yeah. And I haven't... If you do know Thrilling Adventure Hour, then just tune out for the next minute because I'm just going to explain to people. So Casey's saying most of our friends are in it, but um, Thrilling Adventure Hour is a show that started about almost, almost 20 years ago. It's like 18 years, I guess. Wow. I joined the regular cast... Almost 15 years ago, because Birdie was a baby when I started doing it. And they have like, it, there's a collection of like regular cast members. And 
the idea was always that it was sort of like a send up of old timey radio serial um, plays, you know? So there are certain stories that are all, you know, that are, there are like five or six different ones that are the stories that we do. Like there's Beyond Belief, which is going to be this weekend. Which there's is like a par- paranormal thing. Paranormal, yeah. Of, it, yeah. Like that like takes place in the 40s or whatever. Right, right. Which is Paula Tompkins and Paget Brewster, Brewster. As a married couple who loves alcohol and uh and thwarting paranormal activity. Fantastic. Um that's a great, I mean, like just a perfect descriptor. Um, <laughs> and then the one that I'm like a regular in is Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars, in which I play the Red Plains writer. Um, but Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Sparks, Nevada, is out of town for the summer. So we're not going to be doing that one. Because and what Marsa Van Jackson is I doing, mean, I, I call him Marsa Van because he told me a funny story about how one time he got paged in the airport and they called him Marsa Van Jackson. And he was like, that's a great name. But anyway, um, he he like uh, invested in like a sloop, like a sailing ship. He used to work on, he invested in the boat that he used to work on as a young person. And now he's taking people around on like chartered cruises for the summer. Okay, so it's a schooner. A schooner. Guys, Sorry, do you I don't know. Who know Mark I Evan Jackson as you do, right? You, like you I'm, know I, him. You know who he is. Um, if you watched Babysitters the Club, Place, The Good Place. If you watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, he's, he's married to the captain. Yeah, um, Bertie. That's what Bertie loves him from. <laughs> but he also just has. He's like just the best person. I love Mark so much. Um, he did the Good Place podcast. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he grew up on the East Coast and in the summer worked on this schooner. (laughs) I want to do it. it. I'm not kidding. I want to do it. It looks amazing. It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks incredible. I have to say his like Instagram ads for the schooner kind of make me lol. Because why would you come spend the summer on the schooner (laughs) with me? Mark Evan Jackson and some friends. Like, it's just the cute, like, it's so cute. Like, I know what he's doing. Like, I know that he's just, I know him so well. Yes. That, like, I just love it. I fucking love it. (laughs) Wait, I want to find out the name because it has, like, a pretty name. The boat is, like, a lady's name, I feel like. Um, Mm. I'm looking on Facebook because we are Facebook friends and uh oh it's sail grace bailey so you can why don't you sail grace bailey <laughs> i'm like obsessed i want to do it yes i want to get a berth on the on the grace bailey and go sailing with mark evan jackson on the east I coast i think it'd be so fun but I do want to be cautious of orca attacks so until they make orca i don't repellent. know if the orcas are hitting up boats on the East Coast, yeah. I don't know, but I don't want to be the first, you know? We got to talk about these orcas. <laughs> but anyway, ba- we'll talk about the orcas, but back to Thrilling Adventure. So oh, Mark right, right, right. Jackson, he's not going to be in Red Plains Rider this time on Thrilling Adventure. It's going to be someone else. No, Did it won't his- be. We're not doing it. Oh, you're not They doing try Red- to not do, like, if one of the main characters isn't right. available. Like, they, they, Very few other people have played Red Plains Rider if I'm not available. They just sort of like cut out the episodes 
that she's in. Or they'll write you out of the episode. I don't know. Occasionally people have filled in, but like Sparks Nevada, I don't think anyone has ever played other than Mark Evan Jackson. But I play it once I, did I fill in for Paget once? On oh, Be- in Beyond Belief? I think oh, I did one maybe. time. Hmm. But that's very rare. Yeah. Anyway, there are like some serialized stories. People get really into it. It has a cult following. It's released on podcast as well. The live show is really funny. There's like inside jokes and total bizarre. Sometimes their jokes are so deeply inside that even I am like, I don't understand this at all. Somebody <laughs> please explain it to me. And they're like, oh, it's a Star Wars reference from episode. And I'm like, nerds. Okay. So, I mean, it's like a real nerdy yes. thing that people love. Um, anyway. You should go. And if you can't go, you should check it out anyway, because... Well, I think a lot of you like community and a lot of mm-hmm. you like discovering new things. And this uh, has both. Um, Thrilling Adventure Hour has both. And so, yeah, you should just get into it. And it's pretty fun. Yeah, you definitely yeah. should. So I think I am going to go. Okay, which show I, are you going to go to? I don't know. I have to talk to Ben and Ben. They're the guys that are in charge of Thrilling Adventure Hour. They so. write them and they put these things together. They yeah, put they put things. it together. There's music. They're directed by Aaron Ginsberg, who's also like a big TV guy. He's also my strike captain sometimes for the WGA. So, you know, it's all just a very, it's... it's guys, I'm going to say it. It's, again, it's nerdy. It's nerdy, but it's great. Fun. I'm always, it's fun, nerdy. They're singing. I sing. That actually, I have to say, and I t- I've talked about this a little bit before. I don't think I wrote about it in my book, or I think I did, and then it just was kind of, I, we cut it out for whatever reason, because um, yeah. I wrote way more than needed to be in the book. Um, <laughs> but Thrilling Adventure Hour came along in my life. But it's interesting, actually, that we have today a live performer on the show as our guest. Yes. Um, Because Thrilling Adventure came along in my life when, at a point when I was like, had forgotten why I loved acting. Like I was so sort of (sighs) oppressed (laughs) by the business of it and the like not getting parts because of the way that I looked or not getting cast in things that they were like, you were everybody's first choice, but the they had to go with this other person and, st- you know, like all that stuff. And getting on stage once a month, because we used to do it monthly. And then before the pandemic, actually, we slowed it down to being I don't know, quarterly. And then we kind of stopped doing it. And then there was the pandemic and we were doing it a little bit on Zoom. But for the a good chunk of time, it was a monthly show. And at Largo here in Los Angeles, which is a small theater that like a lot of comedians perform out. And there's just like a lot of variety shows there, music and comedy yeah. and stuff. And just getting on stage with a bunch of other actors once a month and a all lot kinds of, times, of amazing guest actors too oh, would oh, so come in. I mean like yeah like George Went and 
I mean, iconic people. Ben McKenzie um, was a bit, I was at a show that Ben McKenzie was doing and the kids were flipping out that they weren't there because they come to, and they love Ben McKenzie so much from the OC and oh, so great. Gotham. I think there have been so many guests. I like actually can't even. You couldn't even begin. I couldn't even because it was because we did it every month, but it was just like the whole thing. And we became, I mean, we are, we're all super weirdly close (laughs) Um, just because it was, it's, and it really reminded me the fun of acting and that because even though like my main character is Red Plains Rider, I'll do like small bit parts in other um storyline stories. Yeah. And and oftentimes it's like, you know, a ghost in Beyond Belief that's like a French. Oh, I remember once I did Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah. Like the ghost of Joan of Arc. Yeah. But I had just, what had I had just seen? I can't remember. And I decided to do it like Marianne Cotillard. Yeah. (laughs) But like real sexy. Yeah. Like like a real sexy Joan. I mean, it was just like, it's just, and you can kind of, we could kind of just, you can kind of do that stuff, you know? Right, right. It was just so fun. And it really made me like, remember that the reason why I love doing this is not just the getting jobs. Right. But it's that I, like, really genuinely love doing it. Right. being creative with other creative people. Right. So it was really an important thing that came into my life when it did. And I forever love it. And I haven't been in the show in so long because obviously I moved to New York. And um, and I'm really looking forward to to doing it on Saturday. Oh, that's night. exciting. The two oh, shows. also a regular cast member, I want to shout out Craig Kukowski. Oh, the greatest um, of all time. The, the greatest. greatest of all time, Craig Kukowski. Truly Let's be real. One of the greatest improv performers I've ever seen in my life. And that's also, what everybody says. Everybody yeah. says it. Yeah. He's the best that's ever existed is what everybody says. <laughs> and also really nice guy. Oh, really he's good, the best. Really good guy. He's, he's a, a great guy. He's a great person. Yeah. Anyway, I had just like, I just would say this past weekend was highs and lows, guys. So many highs, so many uh, lows. Yeah. The lows were real fucking low. The highs were all right. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that you had your night. I'm sorry that I missed you. I did get to see you at... Ashley's house on her birthday party night briefly. But then I also didn't talk to you because I was like, I'm going to let her socialize with other people that she hasn't seen because I talk to her all the time. So we just like snapped a quick uh, drunken pick together with some friends. But then I was sorry that I missed you at Emily's. Here's what you're sorry that you missed at Emily's because we had pizza. But I said that I would bring dessert. And so... Emily's vegan, so I brought an, uh, like, I made an ice cream sundae bar, and it was pretty good, I gotta say. Like, I had my doubts about this, I made vegan hot fudge sauce, and I had my doubts about how it would have come out. No, just because vegan, I, but you don't need, you don't need milk in hot fudge sauce. <laughs> I just didn't know if my recipe was, like, you know, oh. good or I bad, just know that, like, it was good, it was good. The, the best, to me, like, the best things 
the best vegan things are sweets. Yes, that's true. Like, I don't, because also you don't have to like, when people get like, when people have to combine things, like it's vegan and gluten-free, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, it's eliminate the animal products and, yeah. then let's, and let's get into it. Right. Right. The pizza was also really good, but I do have to say, like, shout out to the vegan hot fudge recipe that I used that I looked up online because I didn't know if it would be good or not. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And everybody loves an ice cream sundae bar. It brings you right back to being 10 years old. I love, you know, I love, um, I love hot fudge more than anything. Me too. I would honestly just eat hot fudge like sans all the other things, but you have to like pretend like you're into the ice cream that, you know, the ice cream's like a vehicle to get the hot fudge into your body. But I love hot fudge as well. Well, sometimes you don't need a vehicle. Like when I worked at Calvernia Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. I, have I ever told you this? I don't know. In, have you? Well, in high school and college when I worked in California Pizza Kitchen, I... The guys who worked in the kitchen, kitchen, <laughs> knew how much I loved the hot fudge there yeah. from the ice cream sundae. Yeah. And they would just give me one of the little ramekins yeah. of hot fudge, like halfway through my shift. I'd be like, I need one. I need a hit. <laughs> and they would give me a little ramekin of hot fudge. And I would go into the like back service station and I would just like eat it with a tiny spoon. <laughs> I would just oh. eat. I would shoot it. Just eating hot person. fudge, eating some straight hot fudge. I get that. I get that. I would. I would probably do the same. Um, but yeah, mm. vegan hot fudge. It was good. I think. I mean. Okay. Yes. Why is hot fudge not vegan when it's not vegan? Because milk. I mean, I think it has butter and milk or cream in it. And I think a lot of times, depending on the chocolate that you used, here's why I doubted my recipe. Because I was saying that I normally would have used, if I was just making it non-vegan, like a meltable chocolate, which I know that they make vegan meltable chocolate. But this recipe called for cocoa powder, which I sometimes think is like a poor substitute for meltable baking chocolate or whatever, but sometimes it has like uh, fat solids in it that are non-vegan. So mm. you have to be careful. So anyway, I used cocoa powder in this and it came out glossy and fudgy and great. So no complaints. It was a good recipe. Listen. <laughs> and we You use, better post that fucking recipe. I'll post the recipe and we just use the, whatever that whipped topping is. It's like the vegan form of, Cool Whip, but they sell it right next to Cool Whip, even at like Target or whatever. So it was no problem. It was no problem. But um, yeah, so that was that. But then what else happened this weekend? JLo's Father's Day post about Ben Affleck. A lot of people sent it to us. A lot of people sent that post to us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I want to say something about that. Like, I always feel like, we really made our brand known. <laughs> when people know that they need to alert us. Truly. To something that is that we would have noticed anyway. I mean. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have. 
You know, I I, de- I definitely would have noticed it. I don't it. know. I mean, I if you haven't seen the post, it it's a carousel. First, it's a carousel with stills and video, a montage. But the first and- still is very. It's it's a very sexy picture of Ben Affleck. That's the first picture. That's the first picture. You can see that part of his body that where sometimes when guys are working out really hard, it's like their hip muscles or something that like forms that intense V that goes down to their dicks. Is all yeah, I mean that- like that's what always freaks me out about a picture like that. Cause I'm like, you know, their dick is like right there. Right there. Right there. It's right there. It's like, it's not in the picture, but it's there. Oh, you know it's what there. I mean? Like, it makes me nervous. Even though I know that it's not possible that the picture can expand and show their dick, I still get nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> I was nervous looking at it. I was like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not old enough to see that picture, and I'm 50, so I feel bad for—oh, I'm 51, actually. I feel bad for everyone else uh, younger than me because it was, like, it was too hot for Father's Day. Wait, you thought it was—I mean, I think that was the point, right? Yeah, I think so. Also, just using the word daddy. Yeah. I mean— It was very—it was—it felt like— Felt like it was like very. Now I now I'm regretting doing the show here, the <laughs> podcast here. Now I should have gone down to Emily's house. Because is Gina just being? No, it's not Gina. It's like oh. everybody, like clearly, like a bunch of people just came back to this house. Um, it's not the biggest house. This house. Um, but it just feels like it's going to be loud and annoying, and I'm like, Oof, yeah. why did I? Because also now people are here so they can watch Gina. But I just felt like. Yeah, you didn't want to leave her. I didn't want, can you hear her? Is it loud? I can hear, but it, it, I'm worried more but that it's distracting to you, that you will feel like you can't be your, yourself. Well, you know, everything's distracting to me. I, I do know that. It's, that's a, but I feel for you. That's a hard way to live. Oh, no. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, though. Wait, are, there pe- are they all people you know in the house? Okay. <laughs> do you yeah. want do you want to pause and go to Emily's and pick up one? I, I have time. Maybe should I? If you want to, if that'll make you feel better. I can't decide, Casey. What? What should I do? Yes. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Do bye. it. Bye. Hiya. Okay. So actually, <laughs> I saw Birdie's friend. Um, he came over who they were both little best friends when they were in preschool together, Killian. Yeah. And he came over and we were hanging out. And then Birdie was talking about their cavities because they were both the victims of their mothers <laughs> giving them gummy vitamins on the way to preschool. Oh and gosh. Killian and Birdie matched for like literally 12 cavities or something each. Oh, my God. In their mouths from the gummy vitamins. And here's the thing that we didn't know as young mothers 15 years ago, most children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They have two teaspoons of sugar, chemicals, 
gummy junk that kids shouldn't have, and it just sticks in their little baby teeth, and then it just rots them. And <laughs> oh um, man, and that's why I love Haya, the vitamin, the pediatrician approved, super powered, chewable vitamin for kids and also just adults. Anyone can have them um, because. Haya is made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk, but it tastes good and it's perfect for picky eaters. Um, it fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment that kids need with a yummy taste that they love because here's how they do it. It was formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies which is, I think, why it tastes so good. Yes. And then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. All these things your kids need, and we know they need them. But I just was so scared for so many years after the debacle with the teeth. <laughs> the dental incident. <laughs> the dental, as it is known in my house as the dental vitamin incident, dental gummy vitamin incident. Anyway, Haya is the answer. Truly, it's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, free of everything else that you don't want. It's just been like a real, it's been a real win. It's a win. It comes straight to your door. Right. So I don't have to worry about it when I'm out trying to remember the 47 other things that I need to get because Haya just comes to my door and there's a little bottle that is refillable. So like the packaging is small and minimal. Minimal. And the bottle's personalized by your kids. And so they have some ownership over it and they remember to take their vitamins. It's all great all around. Totally. Guys, we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order to claim the deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal is not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Oh, base. You guys, Casey and I are so obsessed with base. That we literally like pitched base to another company. <laughs> we were like that we were trying to work with. We're like, we were like, do you know do about you, these? Do you know about this luggage? Because we're obsessed these with this. Bags are so good. I don't. We like used our valuable business meeting time to talk about how much we love these bags. So, just in case you're wondering if this is real or if we're like full of it, we are not full of it. We like legit are obsessed. <laughs> with the things that we that advertise on this podcast, but especially with base, base yeah. luggage. Because honestly, base is m made for me, an overpacker. Right. I mean, it truly is. It's like it's like the luggage of my dreams. And I'm the kind of person where I'm I think I'm a really smart packer, but like being uncomfortable and not being able to manage my bags in the airport is like my downfall. And base has solved everything. It just works perfectly. What I love is that base was created by an actress, Shay Mitchell, who, you know, actors, we know how to travel. We have to travel right. a lot for work. And you want to like always look good when you're traveling, especially like 
a young hot actress like Shay Mitchell getting <laughs> photographed. <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to make affordable bags that are sleek, that look great, that age well, that are well-made and affordable, and also, like, has 360-degree gliding wheels, has a cushioned handle, has a built-in weight indicator so I don't go over when I'm traveling, has washable bags for my dirty clothes, all of these, like, super cool interior pockets so that you're organized. And I love the Weekender bag that has the separate little zip open place where you put like two additional pairs of shoes will fit in there. Also, I have like used it for wet bathing suits coming back from a vacation. You know what I mean? It's so genius. Because it's so genius to have this like separate compartment that like your other stuff doesn't have to touch. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, right. It's just, guys, just highly recommend checking out base because it's like, I do think luggage is so, I don't know, it can make the difference, especially when you're packing. And right now, base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's base travel, B-E-I-S-T-R-A-V-E-L.com slash best. Here we are. (laughs) You made it. (laughs) Guys, I wish you could, I wish there was real time, like, of just Casey talking to you for how long it took me to get down here because it was. It actually wasn't that long. That's my point. It was like seven minutes total. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, well, do you want to open your gift now that now that you're there? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Where is it? It's in a brown bag with blue paper. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. I found it. You found it. (gasps) Wait, wait, what? What? (gasps) No! My God. How did you do that so fast? You know, people ship fast. This is literally (laughs) the greatest thing of all time. Thank you for this. It's a stack of rainbow. It's a rainbow of journals, but they're a special kind that Busy likes that has like an elastic that goes around to hold it closed, a pen holder. I put matching pens in each of the journals, and then it has a pocket in the back for things that you want to keep in there that are in the journal. This anyway, she just said the other day that that's her favorite kind of journal and that she had one that was like getting to the end. So I got you like hopefully a year supply. I mean, this is so special. I can't (laughs) even thank you enough for this. Um, Other thing you're going to have to try out and see how it goes. It's a mini printer. <laughs> so, yes. So, it's a, a Bluetooth mini printer that you can use with your phone and the little paper. It's like thermal thermal paper, like receipts. are Like, it's inkless. So, it prints in black and white. But it's a bunch of different colors of the thermal paper. And they're all sticky. So, you can print stuff out from your phone, hopefully. And then unstick it and, like, put it in your journals. 
like little notes that you make on your phone or whatever. Oh my God, I'm so obsessed. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casey. You're what welcome. A great, I mean, I will say you were mentioning this printer on a yes. phone call that we were on. Um, and I was like, with we were on a call with, with other people as well. Yes. And I was like, I don't know, guys, my birthday is soon. <laughs> so it and is kind like, of... I got to get that for her. Yeah, it is kind of amazing that you were like, oh, yeah, all right. I'll just take, I'll take the note. (laughs) Can I tell you something? You know what I need? What? So many, uh, like, no one comes with a plug anymore. I know you need just like a 10 pack of like little bricks. Little bricks. To plug into the wall. It's so weird. Why is it so difficult? I don't know. It's like, it's such a thing that like, I I don't, it's not that expensive, I feel like, to include it with your thing. Everybody wants you to use a little USB plug all the time, but they never want to give you the little brick. And so it's like Apple's responsibility to provide everyone with bricks. But I feel like Apple has moved on from bricks. So we they have really, to oh, Apple's moved on in such a big way. Yeah. Well, so I can't wait to find a brick. They're called bricks. I don't know. I, That's I'm what I making, call them. Okay. I call them bricks. You know, the little like block that you plug your USB cord in to plug it into the wall. <sighs> These notebooks are amazing because look at what I'm current. Look at what I was currently using. Oh, just a oh, little my, skinny mini with a my shoving, pen stuck in there. Your pen in the little. In the little uh, wire-bound thing. Um, but anyway, um, the good news is, like, I feel like there's USB ports in everything now. Like, I feel like there's, they're everywhere. They're in, like, our lamps and they're, they're like, there's one on the base of every lamp in my house, I feel like. So hopefully there's one somewhere. I don't know. I, like, feel like I can't ever find one when I need one. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, yes. And then you'll... You'll see one when you don't need one. I guess, what is that? Is that Murphy's Law? I guess it is. I guess it would be Murphy's Law. I guess it is. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of, um, like, it's weird. We have all this modern technology, right? But then we have, like, we make all these obstacles for ourselves to being able to use it. So we're le- we're living in, like, a miracle time where you can get, like, a little printer to print things from your phone. That's a miracle. Like, That's a miracle. Imagine? We never could have imagined that in our wildest dreams growing up. But then do you have the little thing to plug it in to charge it? Absolutely not. 100% not. So, you know, it's like a lot of miracles. So then what? Heard. Exactly. You have so to like, are we? You have to make your own miracle of getting uh, a little brick. I would have stuck one in there if I knew that it needed that. I didn't even think of that. You know what? I think that I think of it. we now know what I need to do. <laughs> a six pack, six pack of bricks. Six pack of little plug things. I will say like I was, oh God, I guess it's my birthday week, huh? Yeah, just kicked it off. I kicked it off. We got it started. You got it started. I had my nachos the other night. Oh, good. That's good. Your nacho know. levels were I low. It I'm, wasn't the same. You moved I on. Think I'm done. Mm-hmm. <gasps> no. Oh my God. End of an era. Truly. And I think. Are you like, done with nachos? Or are you done with those nachos? Casey, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what you just gave me like a little panic flashback because when I worked 
for David Letterman, part of the job was getting him pasta for lunch. Mm. And you would have to convince a restaurant to open up early because he ate lunch at like 11 a.m. And no restaurant in New York is making pasta at 11 a.m. So you would have to convince a restaurant to make him a dish of pasta early while they were like prepping the kitchen. And so that was like a thing you had to like form a friendship with the restaurant and really like grease the wheels to make that happen. Um, because he had to eat lunch at that time because then he had to go rehearse the show, whatever, whatever. He wasn't being a diva. But the thing is, there would reach a point where he would be like over the pasta and want to try a new pasta from a new place. And then you had to break up with the restaurant while also simultaneously starting a new relationship with a new restaurant. And it really, that was like the most anxiety provoking uh, situation. Um, Alex just texted me. He never, no one ever sent him a link. I texted him the link. Oh, okay. Thank you for doing that. Hey, man. Oh, he's here. He's connecting to audio. He's there. Hi. Hey. How are you? How is the sound quality? Oh, it's so good. Is it? No, yeah, it sounds it's fine. good. It sounds, it, sounds, it sounds fine. Sounds fine or it sounds... No, it sounds okay. I have this, but... It's just for my phone. I don't know how long my phone life is. Alex, I feel like is one of those people that like probably always has a phone that's about to die. Is that right? A thousand percent correct. That's mm-hmm. generational, right? Don't you think? Yeah. You really think it's generational? Sure. <laughs> I, Casey, second. you don't know. Al- Casey and I think everything's generational. So. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that, um, like, TikTok of some kid who was like, we need to talk about Gen X. Like, we, like what the fuck? They dropped the ball, blah, blah, blah. Why aren't we, like, pointing more fingers at them? And then it's just this hard cut to this lady, like, my age. And she's like, because we will fuck you up. We had nothing. We were left alone. No one was watching what was happening. We had to draw our own fucking conclusions. Oh my anyway, god. Hi. How about this? Great. Sounds is great. That, is that better? Hold on. Built yeah, an input. Great. Built an input. Oh, there we go. This is exactly what I wanted. <sighs> Fantastic. Well, I know that you're super smart. I know you to be super smart. So I was like, if anyone's gonna be able to figure out how we do this weird remote po- podcast, it's gonna be Alex Edelman. Well, Alex Edelman is really smart, but he's also probably really fucking overwhelmed and insane right now because his show opens on Broadway in like two days. The show does open on Broadway in like two days. Should I, by the way, you want me to record Audacity? Do you want me to record on my own? Yeah, if you want to. That's on Casey. Alex, 90% of the time, I don't even get it right. So last week I was. Um, 20 minutes late for a guest because <laughs> I had a new Zoom recorder and I couldn't figure it out. So. I mean. We're really doing it. It's one like time a Elizabeth Warren busy operation. was stuck on TV and Elizabeth Warren gave me a tour of her house while we were waiting. <laughs> You're kidding me. I was stuck. What was I? What, you were like where doing was press for Girls 5 Eva and you were like stuck on a live hit. And I was That's like, right. um, Busy will be here in a few minutes. And she was like, oh, no, it's fine. So then she just walked her laptop around her house and showed me around her house. I mean, that seems ideal. That seems literally <laughs> ideal. 
Alex, how are you like feeling? Good. I'm, by the way, I'm not going to be able to record. Don't worry. It's fine. We're, we're we recording it. you. It's just a backup. Okay. Um, um, I'm feeling, ask me, want to ask me again, Busy? No. How are you? <laughs> how are you doing? How are you I'm feeling? Like, I mean, I'm freaked out, but also like, it's so crazy. It's, this never happens to comedians. I mean, it happens, it's happened like 10 or 11 times to comedians. So it's <laughs> like aggressively unfamous comedians being on Broadway. It's very rare. So it's like, it's a nice thing. I'm enjoying the rareness of it all. And I know I was going to say, cause it's not like, it's like Billy Crystal, like take me out or something. No, you know, you mean seven what on Sundays. Whatever it was. <laughs> Take Me Out is a play with lots of nudity about baseball. Seven Hundred Sundays is a very sweet, um, as far as I know, zero nudity one man show. <laughs> Unless Billy Crystal loses a gasket or something like that. Wait, were you thinking of Mister Saturday Night? Is that and you tr- changed no, there was, it to Take Me Out? No, there. Okay, guys. First of all, Alex has a show. Mm-hmm. Called just for us. Mm-hmm. That is going. That was so successful off Broadway, so wildly successful that it was supposed to be like six weeks, and then it ended up being like a year, and then now it's going to Broadway for a limited run. What theater are you at? The Belasco. The Hudson. Get, the, Hudson. the Hudson. Next door to the Belasco is pretty. Is it really? Yes. Yeah. Right next door. You're well. See, so guys, I might not know a lot about Broadway, but. I do have a great sense of direction. Okay. So yeah, I was going to say, geographically, she, you know more than anyone about Broadway. You know, it seems geographically, like. I'll get you fucking anywhere you need to go, guys. <laughs> um, but the Hudson, and it opens June 22nd, which is, well, if you're listening Thursday. to this podcast, yeah, I mean, it's like tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, my God. So get your tickets. You, so you're nervous. I'm nervous, <laughs> but also kind of amped. Like, yeah. I also have to believe that it's a good show because it's, you know, here, even my imposter syndrome, which is like, if my imposter syndrome is a bell, it's midnight and it's just like, but also like my therapist, uh, Busy Phillips is also like, uh, it's a good show <laughs> and it's here for a reason. Busy has talked me off the ledge several times and, uh, Aww. in the years really- that we've known each other or just recently. Well, first of all, not a lot of people know this because I don't think I've ever told anybody, but Busy Phillips convinced me to go to therapy. Wow. Do you this, Busy? Of course I remember. Ran to Busy at a sandwich shop in Los Angeles. And we kind of knew each other from like uh, my friend Morgan's house. and Morgan Murphy. Yeah, we had had some nice I know chats. Morgan. She's my friend too. She's amazing. And I was she sort is. of sitting around with, he's like, what are you up to? I was like, just trying to decide whether or not to go to therapy. Someone was like, "You should set up this appointment." And Lizzie was like, "Go to therapy." So, well, no, you. I remember that I was like, "Oh, well, I mean, you could skip if you want to." Like, is this a new therapist? And you said, "No, it's I've never been to therapy before." Never been to therapy before. And yeah. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you gotta fucking go! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here!" You're just raw dogging life. I was like, how, I'm like, you're a comedian and you were raised Orthodox and you've never been to therapy. You get the fuck out of here. You and gotta from go to Massachusetts. Therapy. And you're get from Massachusetts. Get me to a therapist. 
But I yeah. wasn't wrong. I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. I still see the same therapist. But romantically, not no. <laughs> no, that's not our. That's not right. That that's a. It would. That's not. That's not true. It's an abuse that's of power. True. That that really. Is. Wait, on whose part? <sighs> well, it depends how powerful of a client you are. I guess. I control the flow of comedians <laughs> to this to this therapist who has a store above a bagel shop. <laughs> it's not a store. You don't call it a store, right? Office. The therapy store, yeah. The therapy it's an store. Office. Where they they should like, call it the therapy store. I feel like I more people wellness? would go. Yeah. Can I get some wellness. <laughs> I'll take some wellness and I'll take some trauma reduction and I'll take some hmm. I'll take some we, cure for insomnia. They're like, that'll be four hundred dollars, please. <laughs> Alex, how long has that been? How long ago was that? Do you remember? That was twenty uh end of twenty seventeen. Wow. Yeah. So almost look at all the good that's come into your life since. I mean, yes. I mean, on the other hand, uh, things are, things are nightmarishly stressful, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it it has been really good and I have been really, um, lucky and blessed, but so busy, but busy Phillips has, um, has done her best with me. Truly. Ah, that's so great. Well, congratulations on therapy and on this huge accomplishment. Like, I th- I would think it'd be a little hard to have imposter syndrome when, you know, it seems like you were forced to go on Broadway. Your show was so good <laughs> that they're making you do it on Broadway. There People were law. like, you got to do it. Yeah. They were like, you must, you must now go to Broadway. If you don't go to Broadway, you have to pay, you have to pay the, uh, the off-Broadway tax. Right. So, and you know, it's, uh, it's not yeah. like something that you set out to do and you should be wondering like, oh, well, we gosh, don't know. I, what, did you set out his, to take? Yeah, no, Casey's right. Casey's right. Like that was a that was a. No, I didn't set out to do Broadway. It was a it, but it, it, I never it's only because I didn't imagine it. It'd be like it, if you were walking down the street and someone's like, do you want to go to the moon? Ooh. Right. And, you're, and like, you're like, I'd be stupid to say no. What? And they're like, do you want to go to the moon? You've you've won a lottery. Would you like to I'm aware by the way that working your show towards towards a thing isn't the same as winning the lottery, but like just for the sake of externals, let's say that like it's the same as winning the lottery. Someone's like, Do you want to go to the moon? And you're like, Yeah, and then people are like, Is it a dream of yours to have gone to the moon? And you're like, Well, I guess. I mean, when you're a kid, everyone dreams of going to the moon, but no, I never I never thought that that would happen. So yeah, it isn't is isn't that kind of like isn't that kind of like what we have to do in life, like currently even, yeah. like just in the world? Like, I think that what could be possible isn't even imaginable, right? Sometimes. I think, I think the key, though, people are like, what's the key to getting your show to Broadway? And I'm like, the key to getting your show to Broadway is being totally okay if your show never goes to Broadway. Which yes. sounds so silly, but like, oh, there's, um, do you know Dianu? Do you know what Dianu means? Explain like Hebrew. It's Hebrew. It means it would have been enough. Like, it's a song that Jews sing on Passover. Like, um, if God just took us out of Egypt, it would have been enough. If he had just opened the Red Sea for us. It's like it's an honor to be nominated. Yes, but it's an honor to be nominated 100 times. Like, basically, Mm -hmm. like, if you hear, like, just to bring it back to generational stuff, if you hear, like, old people be like, every day above ground's a good day and everything else is gravy. Like, the idea, which I think a lot of people don't associate with Jews, actually, is that it's all gravy. And so I think about your art, you truly have to believe like, okay, if I'm just doing the show to 12 people, that's gravy. If that's I'm just the dream. doing the show to like 
the dream is to be doing your show and it's good. Like that truly is enough because mm-hmm. all the other stuff eventually comes or it doesn't. Like I've done shows that have not exploded. This is my third solo show. My first show was a really big, um, my show, first show did really well. My second show was better received critically and commercially, but didn't have the same sort of joy of discovery. Like people, like it was a sophomore album and it technically was better, but it it didn't have the same sort of like, it sold more tickets and got better reviews, but it, it wasn't the same like, and like this show is has done better. Well, I think, so. I mean, I think I have feelings why I think this show, your show, Just For Us, has been resonating so deeply with so many people, but I'm curious what your thoughts we, are on should it. Should we tell people what the show's about, I guess? Yeah, could. Or they so, could just buy tickets and go. I mean, they could. I could spoil the whole show in one Don't spoil the whole show. It's really so, fantastic. It's a great, it's, it's a, a journey. It's a story of suspense, but it's, I mean, the show's a little bit, the show is very accessible, but it's also political. So I think the the I think threading that needle, which took years, I've been working on the show for like four and a half years. I think doing that, like trying to thread that needle, is what gave is what's given the show its sort of like appeal to folks, and it's been been a, you know has is why it's resonated. Why do you think it's resonated, Biz? Well, the show has a lot to do with identity and. I think that we're just in a moment where people are trying to understand other people's, um, not just other people's identities, but also their insistence on claiming identity in a way, in the way that like harms others or at the, you know, to exclude others. Because in the show, Alex tells, well, there's a lot to the show, but you tell a story sort of throughout the whole thing. I went to this meeting of white nationalists in Queens. And (laughs) as Busy said, I was raised Orthodox Jewish. And after a while, someone's like, I'm sorry, but this guy's a Jew. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Jew. And then there's an argument and there's a big question in the end, which is, will I be killed? And and obviously I am, I'm killed. Spoiler alert. uh, Yeah, spoiler alert. Undead. Guys, he dies at the end. It's so wild. It's like the sixth sense in some ways, but in reverse. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the, that show does, I mean, yeah, it does pose that question that, that Busy just pointed out, which is like, you know, what, what are the vicissitudes of, of our identities? What are the, um, where do we like? What do we sublimate about ourselves to fit in? Um, which parts of our identities are valuable? Which are worth apologizing for? And I think, you know, that conversation has had resonance with pretty much everybody. So, uh, you know, white people, people of color, Jews, non-Jews, straight people, queer folks. Like, it's a really, it's had this 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 crossover appeal that is very current and really and really interesting to see, frankly. So, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated. Me too. Me too. I'm really fascinated by it. This oh, is so God. exciting. I think this is going to be a huge deal and a huge hit. Oh, gosh, let's hope so. It's so many fucking tickets to sell. Well, yeah, wait, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, so you're doing this podcast today. Obviously, we're friends for a really long time. I think you've listened to this 
podcast, haven't you? I have. We've occasionally texted about the about the podcast. Yeah, I feel oh, like no. we have. I feel nervous now that you've listened. What do you mean you feel what you nervous? What do you mean? <laughs> Casey. I feel nervous because I just thought, you know, because like a lot of our friends don't really listen. My family I, listens. I would say most of our friends don't listen. Your family, your family must listen. They do, like, they listen you. to everything. And I think it's been really nice because I feel like they've gotten to know me in a way that they wouldn't know me otherwise, which is interesting to feel known by your family that way. I will say I'm a few weeks behind. The last one I listened to, I think, was Sophie Black D'Elia. Oh, She's yes. the best. I love so That her. was a while ago, right? That, that was had a to while be, ago. That had to be sometime in May. But, like, there are some really beautiful uh, – I've listened to the Michelle Williams one. Aww. Like, Well, love we love Michelle her. Williams. We like, love Michelle her so Williams much. Is, oh, my God. So cool. And the <laughs> ones that you guys just uh, – I listened to the live one that you guys did in somewhere in L.A., San Francisco. San Francisco? Yes. Not your – not Boston. Not Boston, not my hometown. But yeah, do you know was, how fucking drunk the people were in Boston? Boston was oh my, God, my, was my it was crazy. Boston it was, was crazy. my hometown too. I know. I'm aware of that you are a Boston. And so I had a lot of friends there, like my school friends came out to support. And it was really like a balance of joy and terror because of how drunk so many people were, because they were really being overserved. I feel like if you know, it, the drinks were big and inexpensive. That's what I think was the issue. Do you know what was amazing, by the way, is back in October when Busy tripped down her stairs and almost broke her neck. Remember. I got, I got the play-by-play via text from Busy, and then <laughs> I listened to the podcast like two weeks later, and Busy's like, I almost died last night, and then I heard it again for oh the consumer. Remember that? Biz? Well, because I was with you earlier in the night mm-hmm. at the ACLU thing. And then you and Natalie Morales were like going to get food. And I was like, I'm going to go home. I need to go home. And then I went home and almost died. Further behind the scenes on that, it like busy described it. But then like a couple weeks later, she was mentioning something that she like got caught on a ring camera. And I texted her, holy shit, the video of you falling down the stairs must be on your ring camera. And she sent me that video immediately. I did. I did. <laughs> My son is the one that blurred out everyone's <laughs> license plate numbers on the video so that it could go well, public. I was trying to figure out how to post it publicly, <laughs> but then Mark was like, we don't want people knowing where that where the house is. And I was like, I don't know. Everything in New York looks the same to me still, you know? So I was like, how can people tell? And he's like, they can. But then Casey's son was like, I'll just blur out everything around it. I mean, that's really funny. And not, I mean, it's not funny that you almost died. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I actually wasn't hurt at all. I never even, I wasn't in the, you know what I mean? Like I was. Can I tell you my favorite part of it? What? I'm, well, my favorite part is that you didn't die and that you weren't hurt at all. My second favorite See, part. It's so is, nice. It's so nice. <laughs> My second favorite part is the pumpkins kind of like rolling around. Bouncing off my butt. The pumpkin that bounced off my ass into the into the street. Because it ties it to a specific season. It gives it a place in time. And and the pumpkins just take a a life of their own, take on a life of the it's like it's a really great piece of cinema. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Alex, I'm so excited to see you on Broadway. Wait, are you, do you have to like, is today, are you just like sitting in that room that you're in right now and like doing interviews and I did an interview with the Today Show earlier. I had a photo shoot with The Atlantic and now I'm doing this. And then tonight I'm going 
to take a bath. Like I have my first like rest. I hate baths, by the way. I think what? It's, like, it's my favorite thing in the world. Excuse me. You're sitting in a pool of your own filth, but I do. It's understand. not. It's like a big bowl of Alex soup. No. What's not to like? That about is exactly. It? I mean, hey, no, sell, <laughs> if you really want, I'll sell the I'll sell the water at the merch stand. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's a I think it's absolutely disgusting. And what do you put I in your bath? <sighs> what do you mean? What do you put in your bath? Oh, just I, yourself? Yeah. Is is it just yourself? I need like eucalyptus and all this shit. Like, well, I don't know. I'm asking. What do you put? Do you put anything in it? Like a, ba- a bath bomb? A bath well, bomb. My friend, I'm going to my friend Benj's for dinner first, and then we'll 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 have. Are you going to bathe at Benj's? No, I'm going to bathe. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bathe in public like a real man, <laughs> just like a tub in Times Square with a claw feet and a bath cap, and me scrubbing myself with a long handled brush. <laughs> By the way, that's that'll get you some press. That's like it. very David Blaine. That seems like something David Blaine would do. Yeah. <laughs> Humming rhinestone cowboy whilst I scrub a dub dub. Um, Wait, I, no. I I'm gonna I need to help you with this because I feel like an, I don't. I, I, first of all, isn't it bad for us? Aren't the scented things bad for us? Yeah, you. Really, I don't want you to use scent. I'm not. I, I wasn't advocating for it. I'm not advocating for a bath bomb. Every partner I've ever had is like, you can't use them. They're nightmares. You can't use them. They're crazy. They're so bad for you. Like scented, scented body wash, scented bath bombs, all those. Well, we have different parts. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I I don't know. Like, you want to be careful with, I'm, we don't think as much of a bath bomb is going to get into you as would get into us, but. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Not to put too fine a point on it. Exactly. I mean, okay, I'm not going to pick it apart. There are bigger, we have bigger holes. But also, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say since we're being since we're putting fine points on things, worse things have come out of me than I think would be than a bath bomb going into me. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm I'm very sure I I don't don't either. Wait, listen. Here's what I'm gonna say, Alex. I, you know, I really am a big believer in Epsom salts, Dead Sea salts. Um, magnesium, I have this like magnesium liquid thing that goes into a bath that absorbs magnesium Dead through your skin. Oh, what? He, Dead he, sea salts. Alex what? is not having Dead Sea salts. But also because- I've had Dead Sea. I was in the Dead Sea last year, last year and it was like. So fun. Don't shave before you go into the Dead <gasps> Sea. No. That must really burn. Uh, it was. It was a little. It was a little. Uh, I kept my head out of the water, but it was. Uh, it was a pretty. It was actually a pretty amazing experience. But like, I was really. <laughs> it's so funny. The mud. You scrub the mud all over yourself, and it really is like a very. It, it, you come out feeling soft like a baby, but it's. Have you been in the Dead Sea? Have either of you been in the Dead Sea? No. Casey, you know? Oh my gosh! First of all, you float. It's so dense, you literally cannot the sal- sink. The salinity of the water, like it's like right. actual salt holding you up. That's what yes. my baths are like, too. Busy just floating on top of a tub. The yeah. salt throws Busy out of the tub. <laughs> so much, so much salt in my bath. It's just a bath. It's just, it's just a bath. A bath of salt stand with, some, on it. with some soggy water. <laughs> yeah, it. it's just a bit of a. It's a bit of a slush pile of salt. Kind of. Yeah. No, I let it dissolve before I get in. But yeah, I don't I don't do I don't do any of this. 
Um, and also I have to figure out what I'm going. I'm doing this thing on Sunday at the 92nd Street Y with Josh Groban. Oh, Josh yeah. He's going to interview me about my show. And I so love fun. Josh Groban. So I like, love Josh Groban, too. We love Josh too. Groban. He raises me up is what I'd say. Has he been on the podcast? He hasn't. He was on Busy Tonight, our late night show. And I'm we vitally aware of Busy Tonight. Uh, we did a segment called Tweet Dreams, which I loved so much, where we would just comb a celebrity's Twitter feed for things that they once said that they wished. And we found jo- a tweet from Josh Groban saying, you know what? I just really miss sitting in a park. Like, I really wish I could just go sit in a park. So we, like, transformed the studio into a beautiful park, like, as he was sitting there. And we had ducks walking around, like, live ducks and people walking dogs really and an nice. ice cream man. Did he laugh? Yes. Yeah, he loved it. it. Yeah, he, loved he was it. great. He was great. He's I, also, like, so good in Sweeney Todd. It's insane. I think he's amazing. I'm a big, big... I'm on the record as a huge Josh Groban fan. But, you know, there's, a, like, a humor to him, too, that is, like, really irrepressible. He's, like, a fucking hilarious dude. He has he's such so a good funny. sense of humor. When my son was really little, uh, Josh Groban was, like, new. He had just, like burst onto the scene and he was a guest on the Rosie O'Donnell show and my son was in I worked there so my son was in the daycare and he came down to visit the kids in the daycare which was um, so sweet and he asked the kids if they wanted him to sing anything to them and um, my son asked for what's the song from Willy Wonka Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Pure Imagination Pure Imagination my son was like a toddler and asked can you sing Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka and he sang it so beautifully like right to my son and it was such a touching moment and then my son was like eh, it was pretty good oh <laughs> my he- god what <laughs> and josh groban laughs like an ungrateful sh- ungrateful shrew <laughs> t- an son? ungrateful shrew toddler josh groban laughed so hard and then when he came on busy tonight i reminded him and he was like oh my god that i i totally remember that but he was also like i would have sworn it was like four years ago but it was really like 20 I have this, I have this, hold on. I'm going to see if I can, if I can play this from, uh, I, I recorded this at the comedy cellar the other night. I don't know if this will, if this sound will work. I have bought tickets to see Josh Groban. I went to go see him in Eugene, you Oregon. Yeah. I don't know why you, I say that to demonstrate how much I like Josh Groban that I would go to Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are from Eugene, Oregon. Three hours in a field. He did he did music in four languages. He sang Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka. I cried. And then I, and then I was taking an Uber back to civilization. And the Uber driver ruined my bliss with what he went, who'd you see tonight? And I said, Josh Groban. He went, oh, guilty pleasure, huh? Oh. <laughs> And I said, why should I feel guilty? And he went, what? And I said, why should I feel guilty for seeing a once-in-a-generation talent sing timeless classics? <laughs> Wait, okay, first of all, guys, that's weird. What? That, what, that I said pure imagination and yeah. I point out of, out of all the songs in the yeah. Josh Groban songbook that, that Casey was like, pure imagination. And I was like, oh, I'm familiar. I quote it in my... Very, I, if you hadn't said pure imagination, obviously I would never have like played that clip. But isn't that weird and interesting? That's so weird. Maybe my son's overly harsh critique as a toddler has made Josh Groban like maybe really it's, buckle down on it, pure imagination. Yeah, maybe it, 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 like, it feels like part of his repertoire. Yeah, he has to like get it right. He's the coolest 
who's the coolest freaking guy in the world. And um, I get a lot of stick for loving talented. I love talent. I know that's such an obvious thing to say, but like I can never shit on a talented person. Uh, Like it always bothers me when people are like, oh, Hamilton's not that good. I'm like, first of all, Hamilton's a miracle. Like I'm aware that you're like, (laughs) that you can criticize it a little by being like, oh, it's like a little, you know, like a little like 1781. But like, it's, it's a fucking miracle. The show is incredibly good. And like, People are like, oh, it's overrated. And like, well, it's the it's the thing, right? Like when people like, I don't know. It's like if anything gets too popular, people decide that it can't be worth anything, which is just so insane. To every and lash, like, there's a backlash, and to every backlash, there's a relash, and you know, to every relash, there's a double backlash. You know, like it's things move in a pendulum style. Yeah. So it's wait. the British tabloid model. I feel like we build things up to tear them down. And I'm not a fan. And I really, that's my thats my most hated thing, actually, Alex. I hate when people say something's a guilty pleasure because I'm like, it's such an insult. And I'm like, unless like kicking dogs is your guilty pleasure, you should feel guilty <laughs> about that. Anything else? No. Like, wait, by the way, do you guys know that like 90% of the people that come up to me to, because they recognize me from like Dawson's Creek or... I don't know anything I've been in. They're, they say, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. But, like, I loved you on DOS. And I'm like, it's not embarrassing. It's my fucking job, and I love it. Like, what, what, are is, the, what are the cool dietetic shows we're supposed to be watching? Truly. Um, I Succession. Don't yes, that's it. That's, that's it. it. And, by the way, in 10 years, people are going to be like, is Succession even that good? And the answer will be yes. Succession <laughs> will be that good. People are like, I'm waiting for the first think pieces. And, like, people are like, is hat like – like some publication did a thing like, is Hacks good? Like, yes, Hacks is good. Is 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 X show good? Yes, X show is good. It trust me, it's on television and people respond to it. It's so hard to put anything on TV. It's so hard to put anything on TV that anyone likes. And so, like, it it's a pet peeve of mine when people are like, by the way, I shit on a lot of stuff, but I do it with the underlying assumption that everybody knows that the thing I'm making fun of is obviously very good. Wait, Otherwise, really? You do? What do you? What do you? What do you shit on? What do you like? Um, pick a show and I'll shit on it. Go ahead. <laughs> pick any show and I'll shit on it. Pick any know. show. I don't know. You know, Alex. Pick I any don't really watch what? Pick any artist. Pick any artist and I'll shit on them. Josh. Pick Groban. any Josh Groban. Oh, you that hack? <laughs> that absolute. Really? Just because he's got, like, the face of an angel and the voice of a better angel, I should care? Just because he's the most talented uh, human being alive, I should be uh, okay with the fact that he – that he – that he sings uh, – okay, fine. So this isn't – yeah, this isn't me shitting on Josh Groban, but you can also – oh, pick a lane, Josh Groban. Why don't you just pick a lane? lane. Don't be don't be doing Anyway, by the way, pick a lane is my favorite thing ever to say about anything. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. What's wrong? Why are you? What are you insisting on a hyphen for? Grow up, <sighs> right? Lane. Just tour the, or, or play Broadway. Don't do both. Yeah. The only people I think should pick a lane are celebrities who have um, restaurants. Sometimes, like I, like Kenny Rogers <laughs> Roasters. I feel like he should have stayed out of chicken. You you know what? I feel like you just have to know what those things are going in, which <laughs> is that they're not going to have a distinct culinary identity. No one's going to, like, the Kid Rock thing being like, oh, boy, I hope Kid Rock's signature culinary <laughs> flair has been added 
to this. You're uh, going to Kenny Rogers because you're a fan of Kenny Rogers, not because you're a fan of chicken. Yeah. If you go to if you go to Margaritaville and you're like, this doesn't taste like Jimmy Buffett, you're just <laughs> like <laughs> What about Miss Patty LaBelle's pies? Those are incredible. Patty's pies are good. That's why they're the exception to the rule because Excuse they're Excuse me. She's not in the back making them. Okay, I don't, well, know, don't know that she's don't I don't know. know that she's not. She is a really good cook. So I feel like they're really based on her recipes at least. Let me just have it even if that's not true, but those mass produced pies that they sell at a mass retailer discount store are fucking delicious excuse Walmart? me you Costco? believing you believing that any celebrity has anything to do with the food is like assuming dr pepper went to medical school <laughs> like it really is <laughs> the most bananas oh my god this is so depressing did you know that we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic each week I just found that out, and I'm very upset about it. I'm really upset about it, too. It's true, guys. Because the products that we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So, (sighs) thankfully, lots of, you know, people are trying to figure it out. And Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastic in the products. We reach for the most. Blue Land has been on a mission, is on this mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet. The idea was always simple. They offer endlessly refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that looks great on your counter. You just fill your bottles with water, drop in the tablets, wait for them to dissolve. You never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run, which I have to say, having moved to New York has been, this has been, yeah, I don't want to eat plastic. Okay, sure. Yeah. I am want things to be better for the environment, of course. But honestly, the best thing for me is like not having to lug a bunch of cleaning supplies and when I need them. them. I'm and sorry. And store them. I have no room. And so I have these little like tablets in a drawer. And then I have my cleaning supplies. And then when my cleaning supplies are out, when my window cleaner's out, I drop a tablet in. Water. That's it. Done. Done. The refills start at 225, which appeals to me because I am frugal and I don't like to spend a ton of money on cleaning supplies because I don't love cleaning. So I want to spend money on things that I love. And so thank you, Blue Land, for giving me back, like, tons of money in my pocket that I can spend on other things, and I still have effective cleaning supplies. Also, that toilet bowl cleaner can't be beat. I'm sorry. I just can't. It's just No, I mean, I would it wear— It actually is just the best. The scent of the toilet bowl cleaner, I would wear for a fragrance. Uh, I like abs- it that much. Honestly, same. <laughs> Guys, uh, we say try their Clean Essentials Kit. It has everything you need to get started. Three bottles of cleaner plus a bottle for hand soap. And it comes in beautiful light scents such as iris agave, fresh lemon, and eucalyptus mint. Blue Land has an offer just for you guys, our listeners, 15% off your first purchase of any product. To get 15% off your first order, Go to blueland.com slash best. You're not going to want to miss it. Blueland.com slash best. That's blueland.com slash best. 
wild grain. Nothing like fresh baked bread coming out of the oven. I love wild grain so much, you guys. Wild grain is the one reason I need to keep my oven forever because you know what I'm going to say, croissants. Ugh. But the rolls are so good. The pastas are amazing. The pastas have become such a staple in my house because frequently my children don't tell me that they're hungry or they're like, they actively tell me they're not hungry until they're starving. Right. And then they're like, I want pasta immediately. And it's like, okay, but the fresh frozen pasta literally cooks in like four minutes. Uh, So so I can get my hungry teenagers, I can get fresh delicious pasta down their little throats in under 10. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a game changer, I have to say. Actually, every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. It's very fast. Is it crazy? Like, I know the cooking time just off the top of my head because this is how much I'm using wild grain in my own home. Because also, you know, I have like a weird tummy when it comes to bread, but wild grain uses this slow fermentation process that is easier on your belly, lower in sugar and rich in nutrients and antioxidants. And my kids don't know that it's like better for them. Like, because anytime I buy anything that's like whole grain, they're like, ew, right. I don't want it. Right. But wild grain, they are just eating it up. Straight up delicious. That's all they know is that it's delicious. And by the way, love that Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank for every new member. So right there, I'm a fan for life. It's also, it's a subscription box. Bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, pastas, artisanal pastries, those croissants. <laughs> and uh, it's very easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel. All you do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash busy, and you choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box. Plus, there are free croissants in every box, guys. <laughs> Go to wildgrain.com slash busy to start your subscription. You heard me free croissants in every box. Think of Casey when you eat them. <laughs> and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy. That's wildgrain.com slash busy. Or you can use promo code busy at the checkout. Wait, I have more questions for you, Alex. Please go off. I will. You bet. Um, the bath. Oh, God. Busy. <laughs> Not the bath. I need to know what kind of tub you've got going. Because that's also like... It's attached to the wall, I'll tell you that much. (sighs) So is it a a shower or is it a separate tub? It's a... It's a shower. It's also a shower. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Busy's expression right now is giving me upper middle class vibes. No, it's not. It's just that it's just, well, first of all, obviously. Sorry, my staff has the the week off. I'm going to have to. Secondly, a bath and a shower tub is like never going to be as satisfying as a a standalone tub. Yes, I'm, I don't live in a Soho house, you know, like I can't, uh, I can't, (laughs) I can't afford I can't afford standalone tub money yet. Maybe after my Broadway run. How about that? After my Broadway run, I'll invest in a, I'll, a giant I'll, claw-footed Houdini bathtub. 
Although I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but when Lin-Manuel Miranda was in Hamilton, he uh, sent out a message to like friends on social media saying, does anyone have an apartment near the theater where I can take a bath between shows? So I hope he doesn't mind me saying that, but even Lin-Manuel didn't get... Uh, didn't get a bath immediately after being a hit wow. on Broadway. Who's, wow, wow, wow. Who's Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> I love Lin. Has Lin been on the podcast? He hasn't, yeah, but, he but should I, be. he should be. He's he's such a sweetheart. I love that guy. I know Natalie Morales has been on the podcast. because She I love, sure has. Oh my God, I love that episode. She's so fucking good. She's so good and her story was so great. Her story was fucking crazy. Her story is crazy. Go back and review the Natalie Morales episode if you haven't, because we always ask people about pivots, and her pivot is like the most wild pivot of anyone. And that no, that no one. I didn't. I truly. I've known her for a long time. I did not see. I didn't know it, I, and I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I like was like, what? What are you talking? What? It was crazy. Anyway, Alex, I have one more question about the bath, and I'm sorry because I feel like you want to get off the bath, but my question is, it I seems regret. like you. You hate baths, so why are you why are you doing it? Yeah. Maybe it will calm me down. I'm like Look, I know I shouldn't say this. Like this is terrifying. You know, yeah. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do a good job because comedians go out there and do a good job, but like this is a huge deal for me. Like I'm doing yeah. I'm doing a show on Broadway and there's no I'm coming in after a doll's house and Plaza Suite, both of which have star, star huge megastars. And I'm coming in before Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along, which has Daniel Radcliffe at the center of it. And so, like, it's a lot for a guy who, you know, not too long ago was, uh, you know, playing to, like, 200 people in, 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 a, in a theater on a good night. This is, like, almost 1,000 seats. So, um some days I feel like a thousand mice in a human costume. <laughs> just like, you know, where I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to do this? And also, I don't want to make this the focus of our thing, but like my director died a month ago. My my director is my best friend. Oh and my he, we can talk about it. We can talk about it, but let's not make the whole thing about it. But it, well, it, I was like um, not going to bring it up because I just, you and I have talked about how you're doing so many interviews for this. And obviously, like people are bringing it up and. It's okay. I mean, it would be a live omission to not talk about it, given how, you know, this is this guy I've done all of my solo shows with. His name was Adam Brace. He was 43 years old. He had a, he, he died very suddenly. Um, and I'm so sad. So I'm balancing these twin things where like, on one hand, it's the best week of my life. And on the other hand, his, you know, his funeral was very recently, no matter of the last few. It was uh, two, three days ago. So I had to fly to England for the funeral, and then I got back here, and less than a week later, you're opening a show on Broadway. So it's a very— And the uh, show that, like, you did with him. A show that we built together at a table over, you know, I had a Coca-Cola, he had a beer, and we, we sat there, and uh, I— told him things and he laughed at some of them and what he laughed at, I'd write down. And then I go, what should I, and then he would ask more questions and I'd offer more jokes and he had this big, big, big laugh. And you really knew when you made him laugh. So, so it's a depressing, uh, so that's depressing, but also some time, there are some moments where I could see it from different angles, right? Like there's some, some moments I'm like, well, this run is going to be 
in honor of him. Uh, and then some days it doesn't really feel like that. It feels silly to be doing it without him. And I think the truth of it probably is that this is nice for the work, if that makes sense. This is nice. This is a nice culmination of the work mm. that we both loved and did together. And this is the, this is the highest achievement possible for the work. And so I felt very warmly towards people who have told me that they're coming to see the show in a way that I don't usually do, not just because it helps defray my anxiety a little bit, but also because, you know, they're going to be seeing, they're going to be seeing uh, Adam's work in the most sort of gorgeous, you know, salubrious environment that, you know, that it, that it might ever be staged in. So I feel a real warmth around that. But yeah, a lot of conflicting emotions, very yeah. isolating in many ways. I've been leaning on my friends a little bit busy, and I've had several chats uh, about this. And yeah, it's been uh, – I like sobbed my way through an interview with the New York Times, which is not what I wanted to do. But uh, but yeah, it was still it's – been, it's been a very – uh, raw experience. I'm almost shocked by the magnitude of how, of, of the feelings that I'm sort of going through. Yeah. There's it's, no way you could, there's no way you could be ready for it. It's a totally, well, I'm mourning a loss in my life as well. And I'm surprised at how, how much space and time it takes up. There's no playbook for that. And then you're also bringing it to this totally unique experience that you have never lived and almost nobody has ever. So, of course, things are happening that you're not expecting. That doesn't surprise me. But do you feel like it'll affect your performance tomorrow night? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to throw everything into it. I'm going to, like, people ask a lot. People used to ask when you start comedy, but people ask a lot now, which is, like, do you get nervous up there? And I... Busy, I'm sure you felt this way with your television show. I'm sure you feel this way when you... I've gone to see you do readings, <laughs> book events. At the, I saw you do that at that theater at the bootleg. Remember that theater? And, um, I kind of... Well, oh, with Adam um, Scott. That yeah. One? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you feel this before you do live stuff, but there's a moment where your butterflies and your stomach kind of come out your mouth or just move, move into the back of your body and you're driven by that anxiety and you go out there and then you get your first whatever positive response from the audience and you're like okay we're on the ride and um so i'm gonna have a lot of my stomach but also i can do this i definitely can do this like i've like, done it of course you can do it <laughs> how many times have you done the show Oh, busy. I love it. I'm sorry I'm crying. <laughs> Don't be sorry you're crying. You're very empathetic and you've and uh just in the interest of partial disclosure, busy has been really, really sweet. Although, oh busy, I love you. I love you. Hmm. Right. I'm I think it's I mean, I'm really obviously I'm all everybody that is friends with you and knows you is so fucking proud and excited for you, but also just like it's the thing that, like, we talked about last week on the podcast with our guests. Like, I don't know. Man, having the two things always hand in hand, like, right up against each other, like, grief and the greatest joy. And it's like, I don't. No one tells you that. 
about being oh. an adult. No one tells <laughs> no you that. Tells no one you tells that. you that there is no free lunch. Nothing is perfect. No one is. Uh, no one lives a life that is free of complication. Everyone. There's a word. Another. Another Hebraic word. Suris, which is like heartache, pain. A uh, trouble, I guess it's trouble, and everyone's got their own service. And you never, whether you're like Jennifer Lawrence or, you know, or uh, someone who picks trash up by the side of the road. I'm not saying one person's problems are bigger than the other. The Jennifer Lawrence probably isn't the one with the bigger problems, but like, it's possible that your brain has got the same level of your brain is devoting the same amount of space to it. So everyone's got their own. Um, problems and no, no one lives a life that is free of anxiety. If actually, I'd love to meet the person. Maybe Bill Gates. Maybe Bill Gates is a life free of anxiety. I don't know. Listen, I want to say know. something. My therapist said to me last week. <laughs> she was because I was like, I am fascinated by the idea that like there. Wait, Alex, there are people <laughs> that live, and she's like, no, I think some people don't have it like they don't they just sort of exist and they have that's fucking wild to me but i think most creative people have a don't you wish sometimes that you were for lack of a better word don't you wish you were just like a dumber don't you wish like you know you were like a disney adult like you know what i mean well i am also kind of a disney adult well okay i love disney and i will be a disney adult i will be a disney parent but what i mean is like don't you wish you were someone who's like who would have their wedding at Disney World and never be <laughs> troubled by the sort of like just someone who derives their primary joy from something and just doesn't care and lives a happy, blithe I life? I wish, yeah. I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast who is uh, with like no offense if you're if you're a per- if you're like that's me that's not you you're not a disney adult you like may enjoy disney you may go to disneyland you know 300 times a year but there are people who like there are people whose no. entire life is their mickey t-shirt and like well, that is sometimes thing. i think people that live like that they i think it's because they're deferring so much pain and so they're channeling mm. like like this is a a steady consistent stream of joy that i can count on I mean, and, I think there's something beautiful about that, isn't there? Yes, that? yes. I mean, it's why. Well, it's why we love McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like it's similar everywhere you go, and it's like fucking there for you in a way that you wish people in your life maybe could be. But I have never, never been. I have never eaten McDonald's. <gasps> oh my gosh! Will you? Do you keep well, kosher still? Kosher style, but like I didn't grow up with McDonald's. So well, I not. don't like McDonald's and I don't like Casey. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't like that. Like I won't, yeah. eat, I don't eat chains. I, I, I like Deshoom in England, I guess is kind of a chain, but every restaurant is delicious. Like I, I don't, every swing is a swing for the fences with me. Like I don't like to waste meals. <laughs> I love that. I love, I, I love that for you, but I do think people that tend to gravitate toward things like that are people that are, um, that are looking for like to bring some consistency into their life because they've never had that for whatever reason. And That's comfort, right? It's yeah, consistency comfort and comfort. And, but even though it's an illusion of consistency and comfort, by the thousand, way. A thousand percent. But what I mean is I think that all of the, I think there is a secret to, 
modern life. I genuinely believe I know this secret. It doesn't mean I know how to achieve it, but I think the secret is, and we've lost a lot of this, but the more you invest into something, the more you get out of it. Like truly, if you invest, if you invest a lot in your, in your relationships, in your job, in your passions, in your pursuits, in your hobbies, in your meals, the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah. And I, which isn't to say that people who, people who go to McDonald's aren't investing a lot. Uh, I'm just like, I just can't imagine a life where you're not investing a lot of effort into being alive. Does this make any sense? It makes sense. And I think when you're saying that, when uh, I just want to clarify, because I think when you say investing a lot into your, your work or you're not saying you're going to get a million dollars out of it. You're saying you're going to get things out of it that are way beyond what you're imagining as you're investing time. You're going to get connection. Right. I think the, the Hmm. opposite of pain isn't happiness. The opposite of pain is connection. I the opposite agree. of loneliness isn't, you know, opposite of loneliness is connection also. Like you to, I think forming a connection with yourself, with other people, like is the key to surviving what is frankly a very lonely world. Like we have yes. a very lonely, extremely lonely existence. And some people are coming, when I, when, I when I say dumb, I'm being glib, but what I, what I wish sometimes is that people who, Sometimes I wish I didn't need to be a person who invests so much because even though I do think it's the key to happiness, it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to be constantly investing in everything you're doing. Well, and so, yeah. We talk well, maybe about you that. wish you weren't, maybe when you say dumb, it, does it mean that you wish you weren't perceptive enough to notice that you were feeling lonely or disconnected? It, it's a bit self-aggrandizing, right? To be like, God, I wish I were dumb instead of being like, because the implication there is that I'm smart. I'm smart. I wish I wasn't so smart. Um, No, I wish, like I, what I'm saying is Adam was a big fan of this guy, of this football coach, Bruce Arians. He wasn't a coach. Adam was not a fan of football, American football. Adam was British, but Bruce Arians used to, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but I think I am. Bruce Arians used to say, no risk it, no biscuit. And Adam (laughs) loved that. And I feel that way about everything. No risk it, no biscuit. And so I am jealous, I guess, of people who never feel the need to risk it. Sometimes people are like, why did you go to that meeting? It's the number one question I get asked. Why did you go to that meeting? I'm like, no risk it, no biscuit. Like you have to <laughs> risk everything all the time. Yeah, every so often you just have to put something on the line. And so I really feel like that's a good way to be happy. It's to like occasionally like put some put yourself on the line, hoping that stuff is gonna, you know hoping that you're going to get something out of it instead of getting punched in the face. And so, I don't know. Maybe but also even getting like, punched in the face. That's exactly how I feel. Even getting punched in the face is something. It's that's something. some biscuit. It's biscuit. That's it's, connection. It's connection for it's sure. Physical connect, it's connection with the right side of your jaw, huh? But like, <laughs> maybe your listeners are listening and being like, this guy is an absolute, is, this guy is a pompous, smug asshole. But like, I really do think. That- I don't think that's true. I think that probably almost everyone to a person listening can identify with what you're saying, even if it's not something that they do all the time, even if it's something that they wish they could start doing more. I want 
I wanted to say something to you because when you were talking about being nervous about the show, you were saying it's a show like this big show's been in the theater and huge stars have been coming. And now there's going to be a show after where there are huge stars. And so it's just me in the middle and I have to fill this thousand seat theater. And I think this goes along with what you've been saying, but I'd like to just point out that like, while you might not be as famous right now as you hope to one day be, you are 100% definitely a star right now like you're already a star well that's it's really nice and no it is it's really nice um it's not about i do believe i'm it's nice to do work that is appreciated right like this work is definitely appreciated it's why it's getting there it's just like i'm so much happier when i'm not worrying about external things yeah and this thing is so external. And like, look, obviously I'm saying this on a podcast. Like you said, people listening to this are very concerned with interiors. Otherwise they wouldn't be, you know, 50 minutes into a podcast about, about <laughs> that is largely concerned 50, with honey, this is, this is two hours this in. Two two hours. Hours. Oh, that's right. I know you guys do the, I know that's right. By the way, if I'm being honest, sometimes I'm like it's a, too an long. hour and 40 minutes into your three-hour podcast. I'll be like, all right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it. We know. We, we talk about it ourselves. A lot of people listen to it throughout the week. They break it down mm-hmm. in installments. Sure, so. I've done that. I, what yeah. I like to do is listen to it on bike rides, which is dangerous, or on airplanes, which is less dangerous. But, uh, <laughs> but I listen to it on airplanes while I... While I like fiddle around with uh, Sudoku or something like that, or, <laughs> or the New York Times crossword, but also part of me is stressing about the uh, part of me thinks I just need something to stress about. Like the show, the show is not. I wouldn't say the show is done, done, but like I've been doing the show. I've done the show three hundred plus times, and the show changes every night because it's like I'm telling. It's not like I'm reading from a script. I'm telling a story. So right. like, if you're telling the same story and it's an hour and twenty minutes, you're going to change some things about the story, even if you have to like, imagine every night you went to a party and someone's like, tell your story. And you told your story, you tell it different every single night, even though right. it's like, Ugh, that's it's my really, favorite. did you ever see six degrees of separation? Who? Yes. No. The John Guare play. No. <sighs> well, it's also a movie that I Will Smith, it was like, in a very funny way. But it, wait, uh, who did me? You, you did. did. Yeah. <gasps> Guys, you know, Wait, uh, tell me about this play. I just interrupted you, and I really want to hear about what's going on. Tell me. I was just going to say I have no poker face, which is the thing that I just brought up the other day with someone. I, like, literally have no poker face. Anyway, I said, I said it to Jenny Connor, and she said in response, and what, what I heard was, I know, that's why you live alone. <laughs> that's not what she said. <laughs> what she said is, I know, it's because you live out loud. Oh, my gosh. How fucking crazy that I heard, I know, that's why you live alone. Wow. wow that is anyway, a, intense. It's a spicy meatball. It's intense. <laughs> let's, let's dig into that. Um, anyway, no, Six Degrees of Separation is the fucking best. Um, but it's a oh play my, by John Guare. Stockard Channing originated the role on Broadway. I think won the Tony for it, right? Oh, I don't AC. know. They did a revival know. of it a couple of years ago, but the I'm movie look version it up right now. Wait, I can't believe you haven't watched the movie. Will it's Will Smith's first dramatic acting role. What? It was- Will Smith has been in dramas. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm teasing. <laughs> '90s adaptation of a stage play, 2013. It's from 1993. Yes. 
what is this? You got to watch it. You're going to love it, Alex. Did you read that poem I sent you? Yes. The long form poem. Yes, I love that poem. It was good. You know, I read a poem out at Adam's funeral that I thought was just the coolest poem in the world because Adam was a really judgmental in like a really good way. He had, he was, he was very particular. He had great taste. And so there's this poem called the book of my enemy, which is about, uh, and the first line of the poem is my, the book of my enemy has been remaindered and I am glad like when the books (laughs) books being remaindered is when they just can't sell the books. They send them to discount shops. Casey and I know. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) and so hold on you want to hear some of the poem yeah Yeah, i really do you think so i'm not gonna whole ass it but i'm not gonna half ass it let me see the book three quarters of an ass who um who wrote it it's by a guy named clive james who is a british sort of national treasure okay um and if you're again if you're listening being remain a book being remaindered is when is when and once I asked Adam why do we like this poem so much and he went because it's about the work of the people we don't respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. The book of my enemy has been remaindered, and I am pleased. In vast quantities, it has been remaindered, like a van load of counterfeit that has been seized and sits in piles in a police warehouse. My enemy's much praised effort sits in piles in the kind of bookshop where remaindering occurs. Great square stacks of rejected books in between them aisles. One passes down reflecting on life's vanities, pausing to remember all those thoughtful reviews lavished to no avail upon one's enemy's book. For behold, here is that book, among these ranks and banks of duds, these ponderous and seemingly irreducible cairns of complete stiffs. The book of my enemy has been remaindered, and I rejoice. It has gone with bowed head like a defeated legion beneath the yoke. What avail him now his awards and prizes, the praise expended upon his meticulous technique, his individual new voice? Knocked into the middle of next week. His brainchild now consorts with the bad buys, the sinkers, clinkers, dogs, and dreads, the edsels of the world of movable type, the bummers that no amount of hype could shift, the unbudgeable turkeys. Yea, his slim volume with its understated wrapper bathes in the blare of the brightly jacketed Hitler's worm machine. His unmistakably individual new voice shares the same scrapyard with a forlorn skyscraper of the Kung Fu cookbook. His honesty, proclaimed by himself and believed by others, his renowned abhorrence of all posturing and pretense, is there with Pertwee's Promenades and Perrots, 100 Years of Seaside Entertainment, and, oh, this above all, his sensibility, his sensibility and its hair-like filaments, his delicate, quivering sensibility is now as one with Barbara Windsor's Book of Boobs, a volume graced by the descriptive rubric, My Boobs Will Give Everyone Hours of Fun. Soon now, a book of mine could be remaindered also. Though not to the monumental extent in which the chastisement of remaindering has been meted out to the book of my enemy, since in the case of my own book, it will be due to a miscalculated print run, a marketing error, nothing to do with merit. But just supposing that such an event should hold some slight element of sadness, it will be offset by the memory of this sweet moment. Chill the champagne and polish the crystal goblets. The book of my enemy has been remaindered, and I am glad. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. Sorry to read a whole ass poem in front of uh in front in, of your listenership. In but. front of the in front of us. <laughs> I mean it's Alex, a cool you know how poem. much I love fucking poetry. I know you do. We talk about this, but isn't that a delightfully bitchy little poem? That yeah. is a good bitchy pity. Casey and I also poem. talk about enemies. Shot yes. yes. Do you feel like you have enemies? I 
Um, I think there's some people who don't wish me well and probably talk badly about me behind my back, but I don't know that. I feel like an enemy is such a strong, you know, I'm on good terms with everyone I've ever dated, Ugh, um, wow. which I think is a, which I think is a nice thing. They all, that is you know, great. they've all, um, in some ways deeply cared for me and have, uh, been very, you know, formative. So I think that that's good. Um, I was, I used to be, but then yeah, well, there are a couple change. that I can't, it's not happening. So people have treated me shitty and that I That's wouldn't want I mean. to be trapped in an elevator with. I'll tell you that much. But I just feel like enemy, when... Mm. Like Inigo Montoya feels like, my, it feels like an enemy <laughs> type thing. Right. It's interesting. I always feel like I don't really have enemies and it kind of bums me out because I wish that I did. I wish that I felt like I was doing something consequential enough or uh, controversial enough to have an enemy. But when I do have people that what is it when, like, y- someone's your enemy, but you're not important enough to be theirs? What do you call that? I mean, that's still, again, it's a one-sided enemy shit. But the other thing, Casey, is that do you really believe that if you – I think an enemy is someone with whom you can't sit down and clear the air with. Mm. And I don't know how many people of that, you know – I have, I mean, there are some people I'm sure where to do that would entail much more risk than you would want, either risk to your reputation or risk to your, you know, you'd risk a greater misunderstanding. But I feel like lots of enemy ships are where someone has asked another person for something they physically can't provide them or mentally can't provide them. And that person came up short and there's a deep amount of shame on both sides, one at having asked for something that a person can provide or not being able to provide. And so instead of clearing the air, you know, someone does something that is nearly unforgivable or does something that one person perceives as unforgivable. And that's how you wind up with an enemy, right? Like in, in polite society, that's usually, I think how we wind up with, am I, am I way off base here? I'm just trying to think if I really have any enemies, like, I don't know if I do. There, there is a, there are a few people in my life who I think uh, have been determined to not give me the benefit of the doubt, mm. and have done it to such an extent that they are not positive presences in my life. Right. So that counts, right? Someone who who goes, "Wow, you must be doing X, Y, and Z if you're doing X, Y, you know if." If you're doing X, then you must be, yeah, Mm -hmm. you must be like, then Mm -hmm. you must have a bad motivation for that. I think a lot of my, I think a lot of the times where I've been, where I felt hurt is when people have seen me as something other than like Alex, like where people see me, they're just like, oh, you must, you must want that because you're, because you're, uh, because you're uh, just a, a, a blob of ambition or desire or you know, aggression or any things that you don't really feel about yourself. That is, I'm sorry. I don't know why well, I'm trying a to bitch drill contains down on multitudes, different. Alex, and you definitely contain multitudes. <laughs> oh, my a bitch. My no, bitch. I'm just saying, I say that about myself. A bitch contains multitudes. A bitch contains multitudes. That's, that was like the famous thing from 
But I mean, was it Shantira that said it? Is first? this more about me? pop culture stuff? I just don't know. No, no I no. mean, it's like stuff between us. Between us, yes. it's our culture. It's our, our culture. Like we culture. had a podcast T-shirt that said "A bitch contains multitudes." What? How do I if, even know this? If you want one, we can probably dig one up and get one I would for you. Absolutely love that to wear around the theater. <laughs> I think it would be cute. <laughs> I think it'd um, be cute too. Busy. I need something from you. Said you were going to paint me something to put in my. In my. Okay, what's so weird? is that you didn't respond to me when I texted you because I saw your story saying like, you're like, I need some st- like art for the walls. And I was like, that was my, that was what I was going to give you. Well, was a I painting. still want it. I desperately want art. And it's so funny. People are like, you can buy art from my friend. And I'm like, I have a lot of art. I just want art from people that I love. Oh, so yes, I have, I'm busy. I want, ha- I want the art so I can put it up on my wall. You do want the art? Okay. Well, I'll, okay. I'll have, um, I'm not, you know, I'm in LA right now. I know. You know, I, I'm coming back for your opening night. I know. You can give it to me at opening night. You can give it to me on the red carpet. I'll put it up on my, I don't fucking that know. That feels weird. Should I just have, me? I can just have my assistant drop it off at the theater. Fine. Sure. <laughs> what, whatever you want. I just want, I just want to be surrounded by the art of people. It's so funny. My friends, I have friends who are like, well, it's not going to be very good. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be from people that I love. You know, like I just want to put it up. So I was gonna paint. Nice I was gonna paint you something new too. I had. I, so what? Legit. I was. I was. Oh my god! Please paint me something. Can can I have one as a loan until you paint me something new, and then I can have that as a. Do you understand how many paintings I have at this moment in my life? Just how much me, painting I've been doing? I don't. You occasionally talk about it on the podcast. Do I? Pottery yeah. painting a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Pottery, I'm a pottery painting. I'm a pottery head. I'm gonna try to sell my pottery at the merch stand. Yeah. Yeah. On Broadway and give Is the that, money to and give like a big chunk of the money to Broadway Cares. Yes, That'd I would cool. buy your pottery. But also, oh, it's why? gonna be insanely expensive. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do the thing where it's just like one pot for ten grand, so that we don't have to like do the <laughs> one pot. Rich person comes in, he's like, I want to give ten grand to Broadway Cares, and there you go. And like that's the that's, the that's it. Gonna be me? Is it me? It's probably what? Jessica Seinfeld. She's going to buy it. She's going to be the one. I fucking love Jessica Seinfeld. <laughs> I will not put up with any Jessica Seinfeld slander ever. She Has she been on the pod? She no, hasn't. But she, she hasn't. She could be. She should be. We would love she, to have Everyone her. that you've asked, have they been on the pod? No. The, que- the answer is no. Has God been on the pod? I'm sorry. Well, I'm he's sorry. here every week. Every week. Um, wait. By the way, that wasn't slander. I'm just saying she's like a supporter slander. and she's the person that would like be like, yeah, sure. I took it kind of like you were worried that Jessica was going to scoop you on buying Alex's one pot. And, for $10,000. But also, it's for a good cause, so you were cool with it, and you like her. If anyone listening to the podcast wants to spend four figures on a pot, you can DM me, and I will make you a pot. But the money is going to charity. <laughs> Wait, so. listen. I'm I'm about to launch my pig pots. Pig? Wait. I'm sorry? Have I not sent you these? I'll send you a picture of them. She's been making pottery that's pig-faced pottery. I think it's heavily Miss Piggy influenced, if you Obvious. don't mind everything, my saying. Everything in my life, I am Miss Piggy. You yeah. understand. What do you and mean you know, in your life you're Miss Piggy? That's some real... No, I'm obsessed with Miss Piggy. And like she's she a feminist icon. She's a feminist icon. She heavily influenced my life as a child and growing up. The scene between her and Joan Rivers in Muppets Take Manhattan is like iconic. And in a way, was when I first really knew that this was going to be my career path. I was like six years old or like five. What? That is such a, I mean, by the way, 
one of my favorite songs, period, is Rainbow Connection. Yeah, me too. I have like sung it live. Really? Where? where? Do you sing it in LA at something? Yeah. I can't remember now. I remember this. I opened for a band called Guster, which is my favorite band growing up. Of all time. Incredible band. You love Guster. I love Guster. I opened for them at Carnegie Hall and they closed the concert by singing Rainbow Connection. Uh And I was like levitating. (laughs) Also, they let me sing a song with them on stage. So the first and last time I've ever performed live is on stage at Carnegie Hall, which is fucking sick. Wow. It was so, I mean, sung live, performed live. Hopefully I'll be doing a good amount of that this summer. But yeah. I truly sometimes feel like I got into this just a little bit as kind of um, like kind of like fantasy camp. Like I was a big comedy fan. And so yeah. I was like, I'll do comedies like me, a comedian for a day. But instead of a day, it's just like a life. It's just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when people yeah. like pay a thousand bucks to go to a racetrack. Yeah. And so like I would do this for free which is a dirty secret because I won't do it for free anymore. Like people ask me all the time for like events and stuff like that. And actually like we, I charge like a very decent amount because it is, it turns out it's a good way to make a living. But like, also I can't be selling these pots. I can't be selling these. I can't be living off my pot money of, uh, <laughs> off my ceramics money. But this but, is my, this is my exit strategy, Alex. Like oh God, I've been, it is. you're too talented at writer, actor and hyphen it for, but it kind of goes back to what you were be, saying about it would be enough to, like, I think that's, yes, I think what you're saying is really smart. You're doing it because you love it and because it was that kind of dream, not a dream to become rich and famous. But well, yeah, loving it is what makes you good at it. It really is. There's nothing like being, um, I've read a bunch of, like, Malcolm gladwell type things about, like, the flow. Yeah. You feel it. You felt it in a writer's room, Casey. Busy. You felt it on on when you're when you're writing or in a talk or acting, right? Like you're just like, oh, I can do this. I can mm-hmm. do this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's happening. Yeah. I'm loving it. Like I'm at work and really, really pleased. It's like a really special. Um, well, my computer just dinged with a message from Busy Phillips. What is that? <laughs> Some pink pots. Oh. My God, these are terrifying. <laughs> I know. They're gorgeous. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Tell me, please tell me that these snouts go into the pot and you can pour from. Something you can pour out of it? Them. Yes. Well, Alex, no, because what I was going to do is plant them with succulents so that they can be succulent pigs. <gasps> I have to applaud that. I have to literally. <laughs> <laughs> that truly is so stupid that so it goes funny. right. I love it so much. I I thought of a I thought of a joke the other day, which by the way, someone told me they'd seen it before. Or the type of joke. Oh, God, isn't that the fucking worst? Oh my the worst. god. It's frustrating. This guy goes up to Don Quixote at a party. He's like Hey, are you Don Quixote? And Don Quixote goes, I am indeed. And the guy says, I'm a huge fan. And Don Quixote goes, I'm sorry, you're a what? (laughs) (laughs) I have seen that joke before. Uh, Not to be the worst, but 
Maybe it was, I don't know. Did you like put it on social media? Did you? I didn't put it on social media. I just told it to someone and they're like, I've heard that before. And I was like, what? No, please. Uh, I did see it on social media. But you know what I hate? When someone, when you make a joke, and I'm sure this has happened to you, Alex, you make a joke and you're like, that's a pretty solid joke. And then someone's like, hey, great minds think alike. And then they show you another joke that mentions mm. like one word in common and it's not at all the same joke. And you're like, that. Mine was better, but you, then you have to be like, oh, good one to that person. I mean, it truly does feel that way in terms <laughs> of like – also, by the way, whenever you think of a joke that's a one-liner now, people are just like, seen it, seen it, yeah. done it. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. But I, it's like I, the I, same thing. It's like I was just talking about this with Jenny the other day. It's like there's only fucking eight stories, guys. Like we – we. Yeah, every joke's been said. You know, Ants and A Bug Life, A Bug's Life, came out months apart. Those movies took yes. years to make. They're, it's the same fucking Rock, movie. Studio 60. I'm just saying. But you know, the I thing was, is, like, like there is a... Um, so, do you know who Vaughn Meter is? No. So. Vaughn Meter was America's most popular comedian for about five years. And it wasn't close. He was the biggest comic in the country. Is this like in like the, the 50s? In the 50s and 60s. But Von Meter's career ended on one specific day, which was a summer afternoon um, uh, in, actually, no, wait, it was November 22nd, 1963. That's when, that's when Von Meter's career ended. Because that was the day of the Kennedy assassination because mm. Kennedy, because Von Meter did an impression of Kennedy and everyone's parents Everyone's, and if you're like, not my parents, please go check with your parents. They have an album called The First Family, which is a Von Meter vinyl that was the best selling comedy album of its generation. It was a series of impressions of the Kennedy family. Wow. And so um, Von Meter found out, by the way, in the worst way, he got into a taxi cab somewhere. And uh, he got into a taxi cab, and the uh, cab driver did a double take. It was, he got, he had, was leaving an airport and he said, did you hear about Kennedy? And Von Meter said, buddy, I know all the ones about Kennedy. Cause he thought it was a Kennedy joke. But so Lenny oh Bruce God. gets on stage that night in San Francisco. The story goes and he's, the audience is dead quiet because most people have canceled their shows. And Lenny Bruce just leans into the microphone. And he just goes, poor Von Meter. It's a great joke, right? It's one, it's one of the most famous riffs in the history of comedy. Yeah. And you know what? If, God forbid, Twitter, if, God forbid, the Kennedy assassination had happened today, there would have been 500 people all tweeting poor Von Meter. Von Meter's name would have trended. Right. right. 100%. Tweeting a variation of this joke, which is like famous, a famous example of in the moment wit from one of the greatest legends to ever do comedy. And so I do think that like, obviously that's a hypothetical, that's a thought experiment, but it does underscore how <laughs> different and difficult our jobs have become as comedians in terms 100. of like, you write something that you think is like a nice little joke about like Don Quixote and windmills. And people are like, yeah, oh yeah, I've seen that before. Heard it. Because, like, huge fan, windmills, Don Quixote, like, it's not that much of a jump. But, like, the joy of constructing something that stupid um, and that, like, recessed, right? Like, yeah. like technically, that's, that's a very recessed punchline. You need to know that windmills are huge fans. You need to know that Don Quixote attacks windmills in the book. Like, 
you need to, the joke here is really Don Quixote's sort of like being like, I'm sorry, you're a what? <laughs> the idea that Don Quixote hates windmills is the, uh, is the joke, obviously, but like <laughs> the world has changed. The world is very different now. And, uh, it's much harder to do com. It's, I think it's harder to do comedy that isn't like hyper specific, which is why I do a pretty specific brand of comedy. So. Right. Your comedy is very personal. Oh, it's personal and very stupid and also smart at the same time. Like, that's what I aim for. I love yeah. that type of... Yeah, but it's very personal because um, part of it, like, I went into an open mic once in the middle of the country somewhere. I was visiting my brother who was living, and I watched a guy do... The Olympian brother? Your brother, the, the brother. Olympian? No, this is my other brother, Austin, who's an engineer in, in, who was an engineer in Utah at the time. And I walked into an open mic and watched a comedian do my joke word... <gasps> For word. It was surreal. It was actually kind of cool. Whoa. And then he got off stage and I walked up to him and I went, hey. And the guy just went, oh, wow. And he was like, what are you doing in X city? And I was like, I'm visiting my brother. And he's like, wow, I can't believe you're here. And I said, you're butchering this joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I didn't love the delivery. I gotta that's tell exactly you. what I, that's exactly love what I said. It. People have asked me if I want to license my solo show, by the way, because solo shows go to Broadway. Sometimes it's like, I right. would love to see someone else do my solo show so much. Oh my God, kids in high schools will be doing it. Wait, by the line. way, Which also though, Alex, like I need, I need a high school kid to do a, at least a part of your show as like a monologue. I would absolutely die. I think me that would too. be the coolest thing in the world. And I also want to see like a non-Jew, not white, not male do it. <laughs> I want to see, like, I said to my agents, I said, can we have one night performance where, where like, it's people reading it out of binders and it's, like, busy, Josh Groban, Cynthia Erivo, like, uh, Richard Kind, like, various people who are not. Oh, my God. It would be so much fun. We do it for charity. Everything cool I want to do, I want to do for charity just because I can't. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine ever doing something this silly, like selling pottery or doing whatever for... Um, Okay, well, my pig pots, I'm keeping the proceeds, but whatever. You know, it's fine. <laughs> you do you. Well, it's your um, off-ramp, you said, for show business. We we should let you go, Alex. I know, we have to let you go. Get, Alex, you, you got to get like, to your um, bath. You got to get, well, he's going he's gonna to go to his friend's house first. Right. And then Guys, he's going to take the bath. I, I, I can't thank you enough for having me. And also, if you're listening still... Thank you so much for listening to uh, to this. If you're if you're a listener on the podcast, I really um, I really do love to be on podcasts that I actually listen to. So it's very rare. And also, Bill Simmons will not return my calls. So this is <laughs> oh whatever. I fucking love. I fucking I have the weirdest taste in podcasts. I listen to like two history podcasts, a couple comedy podcasts, this a wellness podcast. And What's the wellness podcast? I listen to Tori Deal's podcast because it's so because it's so short. It's like 20 minutes. I listen to it sometimes. Oh, um, my gosh. Well, I highly recommend Maintenance Phase if you like a well... Just add that one to your to your Maintenance roster. Phase is really good. I also it's love a, Welcome to Night Vale, which Busy was a... <gasps> busy was a Kate. You didn't do that one? Thrilling oh. Adventure. Often oh, that's what I meant. Interchanged. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's often meant. interchanged. Sorry, 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 but sorry. yeah, yeah. Which we talk about this yeah, we on just the show. Because part of the reason show. why... Well, I'm here. I'm doing the Thrilling Adventure Hour show this weekend. Mm. Yes, the day before I would, my birthday. Sorry, I mis, uh, misremembered the podcast. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. <laughs> I do love a good fictive podcast. They're very rare. And also the New Yorker Fiction Podcast, which is pretty uh, solid. But I think in recent years I've dropped off. 
the uh, and I listen, I like the occasional right wing podcast to be like, God, they're crazy. God, they're <laughs> just, so crazy. Just be careful in case there's like you know red some type you. of yeah. We don't want it, you to get red pilled. I don't want I you to get not, red pilled. I am I am very firm in my convictions. I don't. Um, I occasionally go to like if you can't tell, I occasionally go to like crazy things, and I'm like, ah, this is bananas. And do you remember when? Do you remember Healthy. when Scientology got a television channel? What do you no? mean? Remember? It's still on like direct TV. But what? like when it, it first when it first came out, everyone at my job at the time put it on for a joke to like watch it. And then I noticed how much people were looking at it and I went around and turned it off on. So that's just where I'm coming from. I am not susceptible. Like it's okay. one of the, like I have that weird I have this weird gene where I'm just like I can be swayed in person. Hmm. But um Okay. But it needs to happen. Um it needs to, I need to hear a good point four times and like it four times from four different sources to take it on. Okay. <laughs> that's from the Talmud. That's so from the Talmud. I'm very, like, I need to, because you might be swayed by charisma and that's dangerous. Yeah. So like, I'm not, uh, I'm a big fan of, um, big fan of doubt. Like Stephen Fry, who's my favorite human being, um, yes. likes to quote, Likes to quote this. I think it's George Bernard Shaw. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Um, it, or no, it's Yeats. It's Yeats. It's um, the best lack all conviction. While the best lack all conviction. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. There, that's right. This is a quote from Yeats. W. B. Yeats. It's called the best. And the quote is: "The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity." Mm. I'm a big fan of those who lack all conviction because like, yeah, I get a lot of doubt, but I, I'm not, I'm not a, whenever I listen to my right wing podcast, I'm always like, God, these people are are nuts. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, this is like, we really do have to let you go because you, you really do have Mm -hmm. a life and a Broadway show to open. And Um, we could just hog you all day, but we, I could just talk to you forever. But like, what do you think? I know you had like a really weird performance in Boston with some like white oh, yeah. supremacy ladies. What I mean like are you concerned that, at all um, in the Broadway show? I mean also like I was just so shocked when Parade opened and there were those like Nazis that showed up. Yeah, but they're losers these people. That's well, the one No thing shit, that- Alex, obviously. These people are losers. We we used to have such great anti-semites, you know, we'd have like Walt Disney or Henry Ford. And now our anti-Semites are like, you know, uh, rappers past their prime or athletes who wilt in the playoffs. Like, we don't really have great anti-Semites the way that we used to. So I'm not, like, I'm not that concerned. Um, I am, like, a little concerned, but we'll see. We'll see how it feels, so. Um, All right, let me go. (laughs) Always. Have a good bath. Break all the legs in your uh, in your debut, and I can't wait to see it. I and I'll I've see you, you on your opening night night. Thank you, Biz. I'm so excited. And everybody get tickets to go see Alex. He, I mean, you have never let me down. It, whatever type of show I've seen you do has always been outstanding. So, and the show is called Just for Us, and how it's it opens tomorrow. And then what? Wait, when does it run through? The it runs summer? through August nineteenth. August nineteenth, guys, so you gotta get limited get window. It. You gotta get, get in into there. it. You got a Nine window. Weeks. Nine weeks. August nineteenth is the day that Birdie, I leave my child at school oh <clears throat> in Sweden. Oh my god, this is so. oh gosh. All right, <laughs> I love you. Guys. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll talk to you soon. And uh, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. Oh my God, are you us. kidding? I love it. I'm so I'll, happy to be asked. I'll see you. Yeah. I'll see you Monday. I'll see you Monday. Bye. 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 Oh my God, Casey, you know I've been traveling, so you know what I'm about to say about my mattress. It's not a Helix and you're it's missing it. It's not my it. Helix and I miss it. And I like truly am like, do I just order a Helix mattress for the next couple weeks that I'm here? No, busy. Don't be crazy. <laughs> but I kind of want to. If I had unlimited funds, I would. Oh my gosh. I'll invite you over to my house for a nap if you need. I would love to come lie down on the Helix mattress. Guys, you understand that we have had our lives changed (laughs) by good mattresses. It makes a huge difference. And then it's such a part of your life that you wouldn't even notice until you're without it. And that's like where I am right now. My heart without my helix. And I miss her. I miss her. I miss her firmness, her support, her love of me, her cradling. Me perfectly as I sleep. (laughs) Helix is an amazing mattress brand because they offer 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection. Mm. They have a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers and even a mattress just for kids, which is great. How do you know which one you're going to order? Because you take the Helix Sleep quiz and you find out what your perfect mattress is and it takes under two minutes. And then your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows that there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. You can go to a mattress store all you want, guys. I'm here to tell you, until you sleep on a mattress for 30 days at least, you are not going to know. You don't know. Same as a boyfriend. That's right. That's right. And I need 90 for both. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And that's why Helix offers a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. That's right. They, like, literally a 100-night trial, you call them up and you're like, guess what? After these 100 nights, I am not feeling it. It's not for me. They'll be like, we're coming to get it. But you're not going to do that. No, you're not. You wouldn't because no. Helix has got you. Plus, they have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. Yes. Models that have memory foam layers for optimal pressure if you sleep on your side. <sighs> Guys, there are so many different mattresses that are just the perfect combination of comfort and support. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress pick by GQ and Wired Magazine. And it's recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Sometimes I think people think that like, oh, I guess I just wake up a lot during the night. Change out your mattress and see what happens. It's time. It's It's time. time. It's like one of the best investments you can make, I have to say. Agree. Um, and Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash best. This is their best offer yet, and it's not going to last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. 
Euphoria, Faria, Faria. Guys, come on. <sighs> I feel like yes. all of you listening could probably do the ad for us now for Foria because you yeah. know, you know, week after week we've been partnered with Foria and we tell you how much we love it and can't live without it. And if you haven't tried it yet, maybe this is the week. Maybe we're talking just to you right now. <laughs> hey, hey, you. Listen, I know you're sexist. I know you have great sex with your partner. I know you guys are into it. You like it. Everything's good. But here's what I'm going to tell you. What if, what if it could even be better? What? What? <gasps> Wouldn't you want that for you? Wouldn't you want that for your partner? Wouldn't you want that for everyone? Wouldn't you want that for me? Would you want that for me? <laughs> Because if you say no, you wouldn't want that for me. That's mean. That would be mean. (laughs) But I want it for you. And so I'm going to recommend the Awaken Arousal Oil, the Sex Oil. Because Foria uses all natural and plant-based ingredients. And their whole goal is to intensify sexual pleasure, relieve any discomfort, And, you know, give you access to bigger and better orgasms, whether you're solo or with a partner. I've been both, guys. I've been both. (laughs) And I I can tell you it works. Yeah, you're not alone. I think everyone's kind of in that place where maybe you're both right now or maybe you're one or the other. But who wouldn't want bigger, better orgasms, especially when it's so easy? Yes, so easy. Awakened arousal oil. It just helps you get very turned on. Yeah. It uses it CBD, uses CBD and warming more- sensation inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure. Get you going. Yeah. Especially if you have a vagina or you love someone that has a vagina. And we all love someone that has a vagina, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, you have our permission. You, I'm talking to you right now to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead, treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. You can start right now with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use the code best at checkout. That's Foria, F-O-R-I-A, wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. I recommend, as does Casey, trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us later. Please do. Please tag us. We want to hear. I have to pee. Pee? You know I have to pee. Go pee. (sighs) Emily, do you want to talk to Casey while I pee? Hi, Casey. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> are you shy? No, I just, I'm hungry and I was trying to be quiet. You were trying to make lunch? What are you trying to make? Leftover pizza. <laughs> From the pizza party. We already talked about the pizza party the other night and you have leftover pizza still. It was So good. much leftover pizza. I know because it was like a kind of small party and you got generously a lot of pizza. They're really big pizzas. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. 
And I feel like at a party, everybody eats a little less than they would if they were just like home alone housing a whole pizza. Yes. And there were a lot of snacks. Yes. Yes. And the ice cream bar, which I bragged about. Not an ice so cream good. bar, like a Klondike bar, like an, like an ice cream sundae bar to make your an own ice, ice cream, cream sundae. An ice cream sundae extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you talk about how the ice cream scoops broke? Oh, my God, I didn't talk about that, but we broke Emily's ice cream scoop, and she was like, that's okay, it was already broken, but it wasn't. It wasn't the one that was already broken. It was one that we broke anew. So you are fresh out of ice cream scoop. You hear what she's saying? Uh-oh. Fizzy does not like this. She wants to be involved. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. I don't like it. Bye, All right. Fizzy. Well, um, this is your debut on the podcast, but you'll come back another time, I guess. I guess I'll have to. What? <laughs> we'll see how my we'll see how my story goes over. My okay. ice cream scoop story. <laughs> and my Bye. heating up pizza story. <laughs> there you go. Um Emily just reminded me that the kicker of the ice cream Sunday bar story uh was that we broke her ice cream scoop because we were enthusiastically scooping ice cream so much, so hard. And when we told her, when we admitted <laughs> it. So much, so hard. I didn't blame the person who had it in their hand when it broke, but she could use her deduction powers to figure out who it was. But when we told her that we broke it, she was like, oh, don't worry, it was already broken. But then we went to double check and it wasn't. She had an ice cream scoop, scoop that was already broken and then we broke her second one. So that's what she showed us. What she would like for her birthday is an unbreakable ice cream scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like an achievable dream. I think we can find an unbreakable <laughs> ice cream scoop. <gasps> oh my gosh. Feels and like you we should. All right. Well, you got your sandwich, so, so I want excited about it. We should talk about what we're doing. We're our best at so that you can get. Also, to your by the sandwich. way, I do want to say we talked to Alex for so fucking long, and we didn't ask him about a pivot. But I do just in the interest of me knowing him, I think that this death, like the death of his best friend and director, has been the biggest pivot that he's been handed currently. He's 100%. Yes, I considered that a pretty big pivot that he just shared generously without, because we weren't really going to ask him about it, but then he brought it up because he's right. It would be weird not to bring it up, but also I don't want to ever make anyone feel any pain that they're... Well, it's also like interesting too when you talk to people, when we talk to people, when I talk to people that I know personally like well on yeah. this podcast sometimes it's in, it's tricky because you kind of like don't or i kind of i need to continue to just speak in i sentences <laughs> like i don't want to presume that everything that we've ever discussed is like a thing that i can just bring up on this right. podcast right. right so like yeah i mean michelle is on here or just now with alex like i didn't want to bring up because because he has said how hard part in part, how difficult the promotion of the show going to Broadway has been because he's had to, like, be confronted with the grief that he's dealing with, which was so sudden and out of nowhere and really unexpected. Right. That, but has to be 
like sort of talked about. So I didn't want to bring it up. Right. Because I thought, well, we could be like the one place where he doesn't. <laughs> but then I did right. bring it. I mean, but then he brought it up. And then, of course, right. I'm the one that was like crying. Of course. Let's well, just, guys, come it on. It makes sense. It makes sense. But let's talk about what we're doing our best at so you can get to your sandwich and people don't get mad that you're eating a sandwich. You know what? <laughs> I had to eat. I had to take that giant bite right before you said that. Okay. I'll I'll go. He, I will tell you, I don't want you to get mad at this person or whatever and sorry person that I'm saying this, but like somebody wrote an email saying like, I really need you to ask Busy not to eat on the podcast because I can't, this past ep- week's episode, I was so grossed out and I was like, honey, bunch, she didn't eat anything on this week's past episode. So you imagined it. Like you you're so scared of it happening that you imagined it happening throughout hours and hours and it didn't happen. So which is like a weird position and I didn't want to make the person feel like lectured to or whatever and I don't want to now. But I'm just saying Well, can I be real about something? Everyone's yeah. everyone has a choice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I And have, we we and love I, people listening to the podcast, so we don't want to turn anyone off. No, I'm just saying, but also, like, occasionally I have to eat <laughs> while whilst doing this podcast. But also I hear that. I hear the note. I, I am curious if Jesse Tyler Ferguson's podcast is going to be, <laughs> if they're going to have to stop. Because the whole, I told you I did it. And the whole it, thing is that, like, we eat through the whole the thing. The whole thing. And I was like, well, Jesse, I feel like people are not going to want to listen to this. And he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you know, I did think about that. And I was like, because let me tell you something. We get, like, I get, like, hate mail when I eat on our podcast. And he's like, well, we'll see. We should talk to him about it. He's going to be a guest in a couple of weeks. We should talk yes. to him about it. Here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining there's a whole subset of people that love to listen to people eat, and they'll be huge fans of that podcast. And then maybe we can be like, hey, sometimes Busy takes a bite of something on our podcast, too. So if you're into that, tune in, and maybe you'll hear it. And if you're not into it, just fast forward past the bite. But also, like, be like just sometimes you're imagining that you're hearing her eat and she's really not. She's just talking. And you I would say just, like most of the time I'm not eating. Most of the time. Like I, I feel I drink like, a lot. I drink a lot of liquids. We both I do, do drink a lot. Yeah, because you have to stay hydrated. But I don't think nobody's ever made a, made a comment about a drinking noise. So I don't know. But I just, you know, we well, got to also like, I wonder what that is. Like oh, that people don't, don't like the sound of eating. Oh, no, I know what that is. Uh, I mean, I I have that. I can't stand chewing. Other people chewing. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, you wonder why people would imagine they heard you eating? Misophonia. Misophonia. Yeah. Misophonia. I have misophonia. Yeah, me too. Um, Like, everyone in my family puts music or television on before they start to eat something to save everyone from. You have to. Yeah. But you were wondering why someone would imagine that they heard you eating? I don't know. I don't. I had a thought about it, but it like it went away. It went away. My thought we, went away. We lost it. We lost, we lost it. it. Alfie is just really over here sniffing it up. Um, I hope Gina's okay. I'm worried. I bet she's okay. She just has a sensitive tummy. <sighs> she is her mother's daughter. <laughs> what are you doing your best at this week? I don't know. 
Working out, I guess. Yeah, you really have gotten back into it. I went, yeah, I took the I took two days off this weekend because I like got my period and I was exhausted and I was just feeling like Ugh, I can't do it. Yeah, but I went back today. Yeah, um, and I really do love it. I love working out. I do love it. I love that workout. Yeah, specifically. Like I don't. Yeah. I think I actually need to say this. I don't love working out. Period. <laughs> I love that workout. Okay. And I love doing it there. Like, I don't, it's just, and here's what I want to say. To anyone who is like an anti-worker outer bee, I think that moving your body in a way that makes you feel good is the most important thing. And whatever that means to you. Like, I don't think that you have to be like sweating like a crazy person or doing leg lifts or jumping on a trampoline or boxing or swimming or whatever. But I think like moving your body in a way that makes you feel good is a vital part of living. And you need to figure it out. Like you should, if you're not a person that moves enough, you should figure out how to move your body to make yourself feel good. Like maybe it's dancing in your kitchen Mm -hmm. or your living room, jumping jacks. Emily's dancing in her kitchen right now. (laughs) Um, Or maybe it's like walking with friends or maybe it's I don't fucking know what it is. I'm just saying we got to move our bodies because it like grounds you and it gets you sort of like out of your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really, sorry, Emily's making lunch now. That's okay. It's Should we have funny. Emily come over and chew into the microphone? Maybe people <laughs> like her chewing noises better. I don't know. I don't know if if it's like person chewing specific. I've wondered that as well about those like ASMR mukbang videos that people like to watch if they like like a specific person or if they just like all of them. Like if you like one, do you like them all? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because ASMR is not a thing that I've ever been like into. Yeah. Sometimes it... um, like, sometimes I get into a loop of watching, like, those, especially those restocking videos that people like to, like, refresh their refrigerator drawers or whatever. But then I think it makes me anxious over time, like, the like the fast motion and, the like, tapping your fingernails on, like, applesauce cups or whatever. Like, I, it starts to make me anxious. I did a really good job. I did my best at painting my own nails. Oh, they look good. They do look good. Thank they you. They look good. They look Thank good. You. I did a really good job. Um, But yeah, I mean, what are you doing your best at? I think that I'm doing my best at not being impatient. Like there's a bunch of stuff that just needs to get done around. I hope my husband doesn't mind me saying this, but like the floors in our house are trashed. Like they were trashed when we moved in and... So we haven't been especially careful with them. And to give you an idea of how trashed the floors were when we moved in, they're hardwood floors, but the people that owned, okay, so it's like strip flooring, like strip, I don't know, is it maple? I don't know what the species of wood is, but you know, like the narrow strips of hardwood floors. But the prior owners of our house, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, they really did a lot to make this house in their personal style, which I think is a homeowner's right. One of the things that they did is that they had some company come in 
And almost like, have you seen wood burning, like the craft of wood burning before? Mm-hmm. Like when people, you know, burn in a design into wood, like mm-hmm. an artistic design. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's burned. The This company came in and they wood burned around the edges of several planks together to give the illusion of like a wide plank floor. And they also burned like little peg holes at the end of, so it looks like a, like you've seen a wide plank floor that's been fastened with pegs in like an By the way, I've seen your floors, but I don't remember this. It's so, I need a picture now. Now I need a picture. It's so strange. I'll send you a picture. But okay, so that's what they did to make it seem like a very Western, old timey, wide plank, peg fastened floor. And the name of the company is actually branded into the corner of our living room. The people that did this artistic <laughs> that's <so> treatment. Insane. <laughs> I'm doing, did you look it up? Is this something that was done like in the 70s or 80s? I think it had to have been done in the 60s or 70s. <clears throat> um, this is like a, that's wild. It's insane. And I forget it. And every time I see that brand in the corner of the living room floor, I'm like, oh shit, these people like, went around branding people's like living room floors. So anyway, that's to say like there was one time when the this floor was very loved and a great deal of attention was paid to it, but then cut to later the people who owned the house were older, their kids were grown and um the husband who owned the house was telling us that uh, the wife liked to invite stray cats in to feed them and uh, which yeah. I think is that's okay. You know, you love cats and it's, again, it's your house. But he said that then as there, he knew that she needed glasses when one day he came into the living room and she had dumped out cat food on the floor and there were stray cats eating the cat food. And she pointed and said, look at how big that one is. And it was a raccoon had come into the house and was eating. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just to give you an idea of how fun no. How fucked up the floors are. And so we haven't taken particular care of the floors. Like, we keep them clean, but the finish is worn off, and it's gotten worse. And there was a place where the window leaked, and that's the place where it's really, like— And Eli has done his best to try to, like, spot refinish the floor in that spot, but it's just—it's given up the ghost. Like, it's not refinishable anymore at this point. So we were just— trying to figure out, like, what we're going to do to replace the floors in our house. Like, what's an economical, environmental, possibly DIY situation um, that we can do to replace the floors. So there was this one product that I wanted to put down um, on the floor that I thought, like, it was A, environmental. I wasn't sure um, how easy it was to install, but I'm always confident in us. Is it like bamboo? No, it wasn't bamboo. It was like a rubber, like a recycled rubber product um, that I really, yeah, that I liked the look of. Mm -hmm. And so I sent away to get color samples and they came right away. And I was like, this was so easy. Great. Then I contacted them to get like a price for the per like square foot, like how much it would cost. Didn't hear back. Contacted them again. Never heard back. Contacted them a third time, and they were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. You actually have to call this person and leave a message. She's your local sales representative. She'll get right back to you about it. And so I did that. Never heard back. Called back to the main number, asked for a price. 
Never heard back. So then I started leaving con um, comments on their Instagram posts because I also DM'd them on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I've called like six or seven or eight times trying to get a quote. Can you please just let me know how much this flooring costs because I'm really interested in using it. They wrote back and they were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. What's your email? We'll send you a price list right away. Gave my email, never heard back. So then I started commenting on their Instagram because they do really nice posts that show how beautiful this flooring is. And I'd be like, this flooring is so beautiful. I would love to put it in my house, but nobody from your company will call me back. And then I was like, you know what? The fourth time I left an Instagram comment, I was like, I'm I'm becoming a troll to this flooring company. Like they clearly don't want to or can't for whatever reason. <laughs> give me a price like I don't I don't know why they continue to market this product that can't be bought and why they I mean like I guess I could just keep asking for samples until I had enough samples to cover the floor of my house but that seems like time consuming so anyway I've emotionally moved on to another product that I think will accomplish a lot of the same things it doesn't have exactly the same look but I've just moved on and now I'm in that space where like I've decided what we're going to use. We've decided as a family what we're going to use and, you know, and we've saved up the money. We've put aside the money to do it, I think. And uh, now I just have to wait until we actually do it. And I just have to live with the, you know, the Western branded raccoon scratched floors um, until we're ready to do that. But there was a time when this period would have really, like, wound me up with so much anxiety, and I would be very upset that it wasn't happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just know, like, it's going to take time to order this and for it to get here. And then, like, it's going to take time to, like, rip out all the floors throughout this entire house and lay down this floor. And, you know, and my husband works many hours a week. And so, you know, so I'm just being patient which is not always my strongest suit. Who's good at being patient? <laughs> Some people really are, you know. I was just thinking about the other day, like when I was a little kid, like, well, like you were saying, I, you said just the other day what you wanted for your birthday, and then it was here like two days later, and that's I a mean, miracle. I that mean, was, that was insane. But that's never, that's not how it used to be. Like when I was a little kid, my grandmother would always be like, oh, we'll have to send away for that. And then it'd just be like months later that it would come, if at all. And so like, I love that we can get things on demand now. Although I do think it makes us like a little spoiled um, sometimes. Uh, I can't believe that I lived in a time when you would just have to like put a check in an envelope and mail it off and hope that Mm. you saw something in one to two months. Uh, a result of you just faithfully sending money out into the universe. My God, but, I remember um, Columbia House Records, the best. <laughs> yes. Fucking yes. best. Oh my God. Oh my God, Columbia House Records, where you could like, how many tapes could you get for like one penny, 20 tapes, 10 tapes? Yeah, it was 12 CDs, I think. 12 or oh 13 CDs for a penny. And then they would Cancel just Cancel any like, time. But then yeah. you would always forget to cancel. And that's, that's how I ended up with that Jimmy Page. <laughs> what was that? What was that collab? <laughs> like it was like Page and it wasn't Page and Plant. It was like <laughs> I can't I remember know. when I got this album. And my mom was like so annoyed or something, you know, that I hadn't canceled the thing. And I was like, no, I really wanted this. 
because <laughs> I'm 12 years old. She's like, oh, really? You wanted this oh my Robert God. Plant album, Busy? Who's Robert Plant? <laughs> I really wanted it. I don't know. Because, <laughs> right? Because then they would just send you shit. If you yeah, didn't cancel. And you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't, like, get to choose. They would just It was such sit. a good scam. Such a good scam. I wonder where they are now. I don't know. That's a really good question. They should come back and make everyone pay what they owe for all those free ones. I can't. No, I, I'm, I'm We I'm wouldn't out. be able to. I can't. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to. Not yeah. at all. You know, I saw a tweet slash meme slash I don't know what anything is anymore, you know. And this guy, it's just Columbia House Records reminded me of like scholastic book fairs and how we've talked on this podcast before about doing an adult scholastic book fair. And I yes. saw a tweet from, and also we just talked with Alex about multiple people having the same ideas or thoughts or jokes or whatever. Yes. I saw a tweet from a guy that was talking about scholastic book fairs for adults. And he had a really great take on it, which was like, it's a night. We could all go, we pick out all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the night, like all the stuff you buy just gets donated to kids. Oh, uh, that would be so fun. I know. That's a great I idea. That such a great idea. And also I was like, but I want a koosh ball. Because <laughs> remember like up balls. at the front, there was like weird, like. Like notions. There like were just like. Impulse guys. Yeah. It was like the original checkout lane. Yes. Like. Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh my God! I went to the Bed Bath and Beyond that was closed. That's closing because you know oh, they're yeah. all closing, they're which all is closing, like a yes. real end of an era. Truly, that's like insane. Truly, I never thought I would live to see the day <laughs> that BB and B was out they of here. Went too far beyond. They went so far beyond. They're done. Yeah, but I'm bummed because I love Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Anyway. I had to get an air fryer for this rental. Okay. <laughs> because I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to Emily when I'm done. Yeah. Because you know, Cricket is in a moment in her life where um the majority of the food that she eats is cooked in an air fryer. Same. I'm I'm in the same same era as Cricket. And I said, and I think I'm right, and guys, sorry if someone's already tweeted it. I would tweet it, but I don't have the I don't have the interest in get, you know. In somebody like then quote tweeting the person that tweeted it first, you know what you I mean? I can't. I'm smoke. not. I'm not here for that anymore. I'm not involved in these things. But anyway, I said out loud, the air fryer is to this generation of mothers what the microwave was to mine. Oh my god, you're not kidding. Not kidding. You're not, wait. Were we talking about it at Ashley's house? I was so fucking drunk at I Ashley's know you house. Were a I have bit. no idea. Because the so reason drunk. why because I, I showed up so I came in so hot, so late, <laughs> so drunk. <laughs> but it was great to see you. But the reason why I'm wondering is that is because I know that recently in a we group did talk conversation, about That's right. Matt brought up that uh, one thing my family was so poor, truly poor growing up. But one thing that we did have was the like prototypical microwave, which was called like a radar range. Have you ever seen this, Busy? No, I know what a radar range was. Yeah. 
It had dials and, like, buttons that you pressed in, like, raised buttons. And my grandmother bought it for my household because she did the majority of the cooking. And I think she thought, like, in this moment, like, I'll fork over whatever it was, a couple hundred dollars or maybe $500 even, and get this, like, oven of the future that will really help me in my old age, like cooking for this kid and the rest of the family. And what actually happened was that my grandmother was terrified to touch it. And so she would always make me, she would always prepare whatever, put it in the radar range and then call me over to do the dial when I was like five years old and press the button. Like she trusted a five-year-old more than she trusted herself to, uh, to start up the radar range. But anyway, agree on the air fryer. I was anti-air fryer. I feel like it came out and, like, everybody who had one was going to have one. And I thought the moment was over, and I never got one because I was like, I don't need another appliance on my countertop. And then our friend Nelson Walters, co-executive producer of Busy Tonight and also longtime collaborator of mine, got one for a wrap gift that he worked on another show. And he loved it so much that he got me one for my birthday a few years ago. And since then, I don't think I've ever eaten anything that hasn't been cooked in an air fryer. Vegetables, frozen food, bacon, turkey bacon, frozen sausages. I make um, toast toast in mine. <laughs> I uh, make halloumi, oh halloumi cheese. Have halloumi you ever done cheese? <gasps> halloumi cheese, guys. Guys, what do you want to put in the air fryer? Let's do it. Let's let's air fry it. Let's do it. I everything. want everything, everything, everything air fried. I everything. And it was like it's so funny because in this rental a very nicely appointed rental home here in Los Angeles. I'm like, they have everything you need except for an air fryer. Like they got to get with the times. An air fryer is a a must. Maybe they took it with them wherever they went. Yeah, probably. I would. I feel feel like an air fryer is maybe like a little personal. So maybe you take it with you everywhere. Maybe you just, you know, like it's your like third kid now. Anyway, I... The Bed Bath & Beyond, I have spent so much time, so many years of my life, over so many years of my life, different moments in my life, at that particular Bed Bath & Beyond, right. Hollywood and Vine, I cannot even explain to you how fucking weird and surreal and appropriate it felt to go there and have it be closing just abandoned tumbleweeds. It was, it's, but it's, but it is, it was wild. I was just like, what the, what is all of this saying to me? Also, guys, Casey knows this because I texted her, you're going to fucking die. The pharmacy would not fill my prescription because (sighs) my doctor called it in under busy Phillips and... (sighs) They wanted it to match my license. I have never in my life, (laughs) ever in my life, and then twice in one week in Los Angeles. Wow. I I mean, I asked you, like, had some law been passed or whatever that required everything to exactly match your license? Yeah, the law that was passed was get the fuck out of L.A. busy. (laughs) You're not welcome here anymore. (laughs) No one wants you here. Go. You will have to test it out in another state. To but see I what literally happens. just got my prescription last month in New York under Busy Phillips. I know. I know. 
I'm just saying. You can't take the you can't take Bed Bath and Beyond closing as a sign because it's closing everywhere. So that don't take that I one know. personally. But it was but the license but it, thing, I didn't take it I didn't take it personally, but I did feel but it did feel surreal. Yeah. Like walking around that Bed Bath and Beyond felt wild. Also, to speak to how it, it, everybody loves an air fryer in the entire store. The store is filled with things. There's so much still left in this, in that store, in the Bed Bath yeah. & Beyond store. Yeah. And everything's like on sale, like 30 to 60% off currently. Okay. Mm-hmm. And ev- like so much shit in that store. So much so that I was like, damn, I wish I lived here, needed more stuff. <laughs> I don't. But only three air fryers remained wow. in the entire store. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I'm just saying air fryers are a popular item. They're so popular. Well, I said the other day, we were on a phone call the other day, and the subject of air fryers came up, weirdly. You, th- <laughs> <laughs> you think that we talk about super personal private things on the phone, but no, also still talking about air fryers. Um, and I said that I have seriously been like, what do I need this whole entire oven for? Like, what do I need a full oven in my house for when I could just, when I cook everything in the air fryer? I could put something, a whole, what would you put that's oven sized? If I like ripped out my oven, what would you put instead of an oven? I could have anything. More storage? More storage? A drink fridge? I would put, oh my God, wait. A friend of mine has, like in their house, they have like sort of like a smaller-ish regular refrigerator. Yeah. And freezer. But then in their island, they have these, they have a vegetable pull-out drawer that's like perfect humidity or whatever settings for I vegetables. And then they have another one and it's really deep and like has like shelves on it. So your vegetables don't like pile on top of each other. And then it has another one that's for fruit. And then there's one that's drinks, like pull out that's drinks. I just feel like that is genius. That is, and if I could, that's like to me that felt like the height of like luxury. That is the height of luxury. You know, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I I could put like some other. I could put a second dishwasher. I could put. Okay, wait. I wait, wait, wait. I gotta say this. I stayed in a fancy rental house once that had that was really big, like yeah. in the in the desert, like years ago for Coachella. Yeah, and it was like one of these like big, you know, dumb, you know, mega mansiony vibes that a yeah. bunch of friends got together and rented. Two dishwashers is not what you think it is. You don't want mm. it. You never like the the second dishwasher just sat there. It was Interesting. like unless there's one dinner party where you need like. Right. But that's not going to happen a lot. Right. And I'm not going to have a dinner party without an oven. You know. No. Our friend's, that's probably true. That's probably our true. friend's birthday party that we went to was so beautifully catered. Mm-hmm. And then again, like as I was talking about with Emily about the pizza, people don't tend to like really scarf down a lot of food at a party in my experience. So even if you get the right amount of food for the people that are going to be there, you'll always have leftovers. And so we filled up our friend's refrigerator with leftovers. And then I was like, I'm going to have to start putting some food in your skincare fridge that you have in your bedroom because like, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so just full. cheese and meats in the skincare fridge, like with sure. the moisturizers and serums. Sure. Um, but I don't know how much would have felt fit in there. But people really loved packing tips last week, so I'm gonna give another party tip, which is that if the person's having a beautifully catered party. Mm-hmm. A bottle of wine is amazing. That's an amazing gift. Flowers, amazing gift. I'm going to say offbeat, but also amazing gift. Stop at the grocery store and get a multi-pack of Gladware food storage containers. I'm 100%. You will be the hero of the night because the 100%. person never has enough to pack away their leftovers. And so you can just give them a little inexpensive, help them pack up their meatballs and their cheeses. and. Yeah. Be on your way. Anyway, that's my tip. I haven't done it yet, but every party that I go to from now on, I'm going to bring like a a thing of Gladware. I feel like that's, although if you get to a party and there's no food and it's not catered, you'll be like, Well, then you just leave it in your car. Just leave it in your car. That's true. That's true. Only go fetch it if the moment presents itself. Listen, in New York... You can't do that. You can't do not, that. You can't leave it in the cab. Then you can, you're an actress. You can just be like, oh, this is my Gladware that I got on the way here because I needed it. I think I'm going to start with my green notebook. You're going to start with your green journal. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I'm so excited. I don't call Wait, them journals. I call them notebooks. Notebooks, the notebook. Um, yeah, because it has, also this one that I was using, the yellow one. Yeah. This I really like this color notebook that I got, this right. golden rod. Yes. I didn't even open it. It's grid paper. Nothing I hate more. Nothing oh, I hate more. But I've already made some notes in it right. for the meeting that we had. Oh, I've made actually a lot of notes in this. Hard to know. Hard to know um, what I should do now. Grid paper is good. I find mm. when you're trying to figure out something visual, that's the best application for it. But for like notes, it's really too small and it makes you feel bad about your writing being like ungainly. And I already have like handwriting that most people would probably analyze as like a serial killer. <laughs> My handwriting is so sloppy and messy and dumb. I have dumb handwriting. Not dumb and like, just like, ugh. Well, don't beat yourself up over your handwriting because we hardly write anymore. And the point is, like, as long as it's legible, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're doing it, that's fine. You can't really, like, I come from weirdly, like, I believe my grandfather, who I never met because he passed before I was born, but he won some, like, national penmanship competition because his handwriting was so perfect and beautiful. And also, my father... Not that that wasn't his father, but my father um, also had really perfect penmanship and uh, it was so beautiful and perfect. But here's the thing, like it did, mm. that didn't get him anything, you know, and he, his life was still as messed up and more messed up than other people's. So, you know, and he wrote beautiful things with his beautiful handwriting. He really did. He was a beautiful songwriter, but he never did anything with it. So, you know. So handwriting isn't like the whole, it's not the whole shebang. It's not the whole shebang. Yeah. Wait, did we just say that at the same time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just asked Emily if she has a little brick because I want to start printing things out for my notebook. I'm excited too. I'm excited for you to print a a picture of Gina on a little sticker. I'll see how my little jeans is doing. I know. I know. It's been like such a fucking wild 
week, I have to say, emotionally speaking. A real yeah. roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. But roller coasters are fun no. and scary. No. No. No, no, no. A roller coaster can be fun. Yeah. A roller coaster of emotions. Not. <gasps> but there are mm. some highs. Well, that good news that I got about my friend was, yes. I mean, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so far, that's it. But just, <laughs> but that's enough. Like, that's all I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, I hope I'm going to see you soon here. No. Can we see each other? What are we doing? I don't know. Because we, I also might be going to New York to see you there. So oh, we're going to go there, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. But Guys, we can't wait. We don't. We, we, wait. Don't we need can't to talk work. about it. Can't talk about it. We don't it. need to work it out on air. But we should, though. Yeah. We should. Do- this is the kind of, this is like, now you guys, now you hear, this is the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> that we have to, Do you yeah. want to come with me on my literal 6 a.m. flight the day after my birthday? I'm contemplating oh, just flying there on my birthday. I got to be honest. Really? Instead of flying at 6 a.m. A 6 a.m. flight is rough and rude. I don't even think they should have them, to be honest. Well, because you have to wake up at four. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. So lame. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He. I'm not a fan of. Wait, a 6 where did you take flight. that little printer? <laughs> oh, she took it to charge it. Does it charge? Is it that? Think, is that what it does? It yeah, charges. It's, wire, it's wireless. Yeah, I think I should read the instructions. I should just. I doubt I they're know. in I English. Know. I doubt there's a lot in English. I feel like it's... Uh, oh, my God. Guess what somebody sent me. And then what? I reached out to the company on Instagram because it's only available in um, China right now. What? It's like this little printer like you sent me. Yeah. Except it makes anything into a temporary tattoo. Oh, my God. I saw that. I also saw that on TikTok. And I want to get the thing that prints things on your fingernails. The little, But that one's expensive. The machine that prints. I don't need anything printing on my um, fingernails, I don't think. I want that. I love really? to have designer fingernails. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe you're right. I love a fingernail maybe pattern. Yeah, right. Wait, let's see what they said to me. Imprint 2. <gasps> Imprint 2. Yes. Our global launch is happening in late June. It's so cool. Imprint too. Well, you'll let us know what happens when you get it. You'll fill yeah, us I, in. Man, it looks so cool. I want to get another <laughs> tattoo, I think. What do you do think? Do you while you're here? Yeah. Or? All right. I don't know, just uh, in general. Yeah. That's how it goes. We were just, we were talking about that. I was talking about that with Yasser Lester, our friend, about how just once you get a handful of tattoos. You can't stop. Oh, well, I'm ready. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It's time for your birthday. Do you know what you um, want to get or do you just want the tattoo? Well, I do think I want to get um, ungovernable ta- talent. <laughs> ungovernable temper. Ungovernable temper. <laughs> do you think temper? I want to get ungovernable temper? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Or the big phoenix on your back, like Ben Affleck. I already got that. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo that just says daddy. <laughs> just call me daddy. 
If you're J-Lo, you can call me daddy. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. On that note, we love you. Thank you for listening. Thanks oh for gosh. hanging out with us. Guys, we love you so much. We love you so much. And we'll talk to you very soon. So soon. Stay away from orcas. <sighs> we got to get back into the orca conversation. <laughs> next week, more next on week, orcas. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.